All right, guys, it is a Cleveland Moto podcast. Hey, uh, just before this turns into a Cleveland Moto car cast, uh, we, we're sitting we're sitting here. This is a very weird room. Uh, we, While we were sitting here, we just bought a little, a little Japanese 4x4, and we're looking at Ford Suburbans. Wait, this but is... can you clarify? You just didn't buy a little Japanese Ford or, like, from a dude down the street. 4 you bought it from six thousand five hundred miles. Yeah, away whatever in it is, to Tokyo. Yeah, 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 yeah I bought yeah. it in Tokyo. The uh, <laughs> I were putting a lot more energy into the <laughs> Japanese car market, so it's it's a lot of fun though because it's it's fun. Which is wide open. It is wide open, and it's very weird. It's very fetishy because the people that are into it are really fucking into it. Bringing them in is a bother, so the people who are willing to put the time into bringing them in. Uh, some people are doing it on a on a business level, like Duncan and those guys in Baltimore. They're doing it on like 140 cars, like their major showroom. But it, there are guys like me that are just basically hobbyists. I mean, I'm a hobbyist. Yeah, I'm a hobbyist with a business license, right? I'm a hobbyist with a dealership Good license. For you. Good for you. And it is fun. We lined them all out in front of the shop the other day, seven cars. Mm. I just wish it would have been like three days earlier because we would have had that yellow BE1 that I delivered to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. would have been that would have been a nice yeah. little splash of color in that picture. Yeah. But since I put that thing up on Facebook and everywhere else, God, my fucking phone has exploded. Where, what is that? Oh my God! Yeah. How much is it? Can you get me one? Yeah. The answers are, it's a Japanese domestic car. It's over twenty five years old. It's between five and ten thousand dollars. Yes, I can get you one. Send me your money. Pony. Uh, yeah. Pony. The first. Fuck <laughs> but, okay, right. so, so I'm not even going to start looking for you until you until I see your money because that's the trick is it does take a lot of time right. to find them. And imagine, if you will, buying a 25 to 30-year-old car. Corrosion is going to be the first of your issues. Body sure. work is going to be the first of your issues. Motors come in crates. You can buy a new motor. But that's what I was going to ask, is like, when you're buying a car that's not domestically sold here, how hard is it to get, like, simple things like brake pads and things? That's why I kind of stick with what I stick with. So I like the Nissan stuff because very, a lot of Mm -hmm. the parts that on the little Nissans, the Pike cars that I do, Mm -hmm. a lot of the Nissan POW, the Nissan Figaro, the BE1, and the Escargo, a lot of those are interchangeable with a car called the Nissan Micra. And the Nissan Micra was sold in Canada, even as a one point, you know, one liter motor, one thousand cc motor. So a lot of those parts you can get through like Rock Rock Auto parts in Canada, Mm. and have them shipped here very easily. Um, Also, if you spend some time looking, Nissan is very smart about they use the same oil filter in fifty seven different cars. Mm -hmm. So you just have to crack the code and figure that out. I just had to order a fuel pump for a fuel injected Figaro. And I was able to find the fuel pump. The Nissan dealer had the fuel pump because hmm. it's in ten other cars. Hmm. The problem was the Nissan dealer; it was four hundred and twenty-eight dollars. Hmm. I found the pump in the middle of it, the Mitsubishi, you know, manufactured part, so I could retain the the carrier and the little sock filter and stuff like that, and just replace the mechanical pump in the middle. Seventy-nine bucks. Hmm. So that's a pretty easy way to go at it. So that's. Hmm. You know, but, but if you're if you're just somebody that thinks you ain't going to AutoZone, motherfucker. Yeah, but I'm saying if, you, <laughs> if you're a person that saw this, right. is a, a, a friend on Facebook and goes, yeah. "Oh my god, that's the cutest car I've ever seen." Right. Yeah. It's, you're probably not the perfect person to take. that Is home. your cute car budget five grand, ten grand? I don't know what kind of bed you sleep in at night. Right, right. I don't know how thick your mattress is. But... I can tell you how thick a mattress is. <laughs> so, for a lot of people, 
$10,000 is fuck off money, yeah. right? Not for some people, me. though, mm-hmm. I've sold some cars <laughs> to people that, you know, I was very nervous. Like, I'm sitting here explaining, going to great detail about this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And the guy looks at me and he goes, this is a $7,000 car. We're going to drive it 1,200, 1,800 miles next year. Mm-hmm. It's going to go to get cars and coffee six times. This isn't going to need an oil change in seven years. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So for them, yeah. it's cheaper than a $20,000 Carmen Ghia. Right. You know? Because mm-hmm. try to build a Carmen Ghia for less than 20 grand. Right. right? And it's, the fun thing is it's, it's drivable, it's usable, it's modern enough, but it looks like it's old. And it's Japanese market. They didn't import them here. So it gets an interesting thing already. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Uh, you know, their cars are considerably different than ours are to us. Because we don't see them every day. So to us, they're very, very weird. Right. Your son's into all the rear-wheel drive yeah. drift shit. And yeah. just because I'm bringing home $5,000 Nissan POWs doesn't mean I can bring home a $5,000 Nissan Skyline. Exactly. Yeah. That The other side of the Pike factory, that shit's twenty five, thirty thousand dollars yeah, They understand. Yeah. They, they even understand about like the vintage. Because I, I went down the rabbit hole the other night of the... Well, gee, let's look at some FJs. Let's look at some yeah. FJ40s, FJ60s. They know what they've got. They do know what they have. They what what's they've got. a twenty-five what's, fucking thousand dollars for yeah. a damn vintage? Is it is it is it an early? What's the ones with the mirrors on the fenders and the front fenders? Well, well not a, a lot of Japanese. I know, but most like of the, the Japanese, the hot car. rod one though, especially one. on the. Uh-huh. Well, no, at, at, the so virtually side. every Japanese sedan or small car that you're going to see, you will see that extra little mirror on the front wing. Uh, the reason for that was for parking purposes. You could see your tire as it related to the curb. Yeah. Uh, that mirror, you're like, oh, that's so sexy. My rearview mirrors are up on the fenders, right? Mm. No, no. The, usually that front left mirror, you can't even adjust that to see behind you. It is only there to look okay. at your tire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So still the first cool time, looking, they're still cool looking, yeah. yeah. But yeah, a lot of the old Datsuns and a lot of the old sports cars mm-hmm. back then would have those forward-mounted fender-mounted mirrors. Yeah. And that was, those were actually the real mirrors. A lot of old British cars did that, yeah. too. They had the, yeah. you know, MGs and Austin Healy's had the mirrors way up on the front fenders and the front wings. Yeah. cars used to mount them. When, when, when the windshields yeah. came and curved around, yep. yeah. the mirrors were 12 inches up onto the fender or yeah. more. Absolutely. So it's yeah. really, I mean, yeah, that's what we're saying. With this group of people, we weren't sitting here thinking about motorcycles prior to launching this podcast. <laughs> right. We're going down automotive rabbit holes. Very, very strange shit. <laughs> the, uh, speaking about very, very strange shit, ICMA uh, has just happened. So ICMA is a, a massive gathering in Milan of the European motorcycle community. And the European motorcycle community just had their version of the Tokyo Auto Show. This is where every company that has news for 2019... You'd better have it ready in November for ICMA, or you are fucked. There's been a lot of good stuff. Uh, Vespa has completely announced and launched its electric. So Vespa's fully electric scooter, uh, it has been, you could sit on it, it's there, it's not vaporware, it's not made out of clay. They've been promising us an electric scooter for eons, and now it's alive and real in the world. Uh, a lot of cool shit. Motoguzzi unveiled their 850cc adventure bike. Oh, I think so. Too. So that's that was there. Yeah. You could sit on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
even yeah. sexier in red than it was in clown colors. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, yes. So Absolutely I'll true. take either one of them, yeah. to be honest with you. It is you like the very, McDonald's edition? I did. I can, <laughs> it's a throwback to <laughs> something. I don't know. It has that old 80s Perry Dakar shit. It does, shit. it does. Because, you know, Perry Dakar rules were it had to be at least three colors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You couldn't have a two-color Perry Dakar bike. And it's Michael Johnny Fred. Michael Fresh. But, but at that pew, same pew, show, pew. you had people that also shoved their foot so far in their ass, Yamaha, that they decided to say <laughs> they have nine million people waiting for the T seven. Yeah. And then they go, Oh, US wow. two thousand twenty one, maybe. Clarify. That's the super tenere seven hundred CC. Middleweight. Oh, yeah. The to go against the KTM seven ninety. Exactly. Which they also said not this year. Right. Right. What are they doing? Well, what they're doing is it takes a lot more to pull a bike to market than people think it does. Well, I get it, but why tease like you you're pissing people off now. Well, you know, like or you're keeping them really fucking hungry, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're KTM, you say we do not care. Yeah. Right, that's exactly <laughs> it. You'll get when we fucking give you, pal. Yeah, there. But two thousand, I get okay. A year from now, oh, KTM oh. 2020, 19, 20. 21 in the U.S. though for the T7. That's three years from now. How, do, how about this? I mean, we we're we're no stranger to the fact that a bike gets announced. In 2018, but we don't see it in America for three or four or five or six years yeah. as they're trying to get that thing through EPA. Yeah. DOT's just signing some paperwork. <clears throat> Getting something through EPA means it has to have miles put on it. If it's a motor family that doesn't currently exist, if it's a new motor, a motor that they're not stealing out of another bike, that thing has to go stem to stern. Yeah, isn't that what they did by the world tour of the T7? That's what, like they they did the whole like world tour of the bike. What do you mean? They've done like they they took it through all the different countries. No, 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 thousands no, no. of no, miles. What that and... means is that Yamaha North America oh. has to take a unit, well, take a couple of units, right? Oh, yeah, and okay. take a unit that has no miles on it and give it to the EPA. Yeah, right. so like and they have to take a unit that has three thousand miles on it, yeah. three thousand miles on it, yeah. and give it to the EPA. Right. So they have to give units that have accumulated miles to the EPA so they can be ridden, torn apart, so, tested. All right, the production bike's yeah. set now, yeah. pretty much. So yeah. how long does that take, a year? It can. It depends on who you are, who your lawyers are, and how backed up EPA is. Mm -hmm. And uh, as long as it can take a drug company to get a drug to market, in XY country, you can have a pill next week. Right. But in America, you might be five years till you get that pill. Well, I think, and I, that's why people go to other countries to buy drugs they can't get here. Right, it's well, got to be safe. For yeah, God's sake. yeah. it's yeah. got to be safe for God's but sake. I think, think of the children, man. Got to make sure that Viagra doesn't <laughs> fuck you up. Thank you for the children. Bringing up the Guzzi, though, for a small company that only sells however many thousand a year compared yeah. to the other ones, mm -hmm. I think they set themselves up to do really well with that V eighty five, considering that they're getting it out right before all this other stuff comes yes. out, yeah. and they're ready to go, and the thing looks good, and it's kind of hitting all the check boxes. For I think a lot we of talked people. about that. That there is this desire for a middleweight bike. I think yeah. that that yeah. remember that. <clears throat> Ten years ago or so, everybody ran to 1,200cc. Mm. Everybody watched Ch Charlie and Ewan, and everybody ran out. Every doctor, lawyer, and Chagrin Falls coffee shop visitor <laughs> went out and bought a 1,200cc aluminum box transportation system. <laughs> and now what happened is they all kind of went, God, these fucking things are heavy. He's or maybe dead. they tried to actually ride it in the dirt. You know, and now they got two plastic knees. We were at this <laughs> the shooting scoot, and a couple yeah. guys showed up on those things. I don't know who And that. I was like, go on down the field. Come on. The DR650 had oh, a very yeah. stunning come to Jesus. What was his second lap? 
I noticed he wasn't back on the bike, and I noticed he wasn't out playing in the dirt anymore. <laughs> to be fair, if I would have had knobbies on my bike, These I would have done it. by yeah. the next day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. On the Super Tenere. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. my buddy, he got that uh, SV650. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to... Oh, no, what is it? The... Weestrom? Weestrom, yeah. Yeah, Weestrom, yeah. Weestrom. I really, I, look, I didn't even go to that part of the property. I was there to shoot and yeah. not break my ankles. Never, yeah, and yeah, you know what happened? I put my foot in a goddamn clay oh, cul- or clay pipe. <laughs> this strange, weird 14-inch by 14-inch square that's a piece of clay pipe about yeah. two feet long. How did that, that feel? Not great because it was full of water. Idiot. And my waterproof boots are 10 inches tall, Idiot. and I was standing 16 inches of water. Oh, yeah. Idiot. And when you're my age and you put your foot in a thing that's a lot like a bear trap, the first thing you do is go, is it broken? I'm surprised that didn't hurt. It hurt a little as the, the sharp edge of the front of the square caught my shin. Yeah. It cut me a little bit, but more importantly, I was like, did I just break my ankle? And I, my brain went, no, you didn't break your ankle. But then my foot went, wow, I'm really wet for being completely waterproof boot. <laughs> and I could feel the water cascading over the top oh. of my boot like at Niagara Falls. It wasn't hot out that day. No. And I had a very cold, left, wet foot for the rest of the shooting event. Uh, the good news is that eventually, you know, the boots were really good boots, and they, they did their job. And but, but you hit it pretty squared on. I did I mean, hit it you, square you were on, just yeah. Yeah. Just step yeah. Oscar and I were back there, like, building the range, and that just happened. You know what, really I was fucking hilarious, oh, man. Okay. Phil's like four foot one. <laughs> hey, it's Dorf on guns. <laughs> Where did Phil go? Oh, you're down there. Uh, oh, a right. really good part of that whole property was the fact that all the mini bikes and stuff went up and down mm-hmm. the driveway and across the front and brought yeah. all the mud there. So yeah. if you're on a normal motorcycle and you're pulling in and you don't know that, oh, yeah. it was, you, I, you almost, gonna... I almost slid into first pulling into the... <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh, that's the driveway, isn't it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. So uh, blacked up with leaves and mud and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe not the best thing for him. I was really happy when I slid, pulled out of it, and didn't go down. I was like, that would have really sucked. Man. Oh, boy, it would have I I think that just Bruce's driveway is probably tougher than most of the BDR. <laughs> just his driveway. Um, the fact his four x four Ford F one fifty got stuck and I had to pull it out. Like, well, in all fairness, it was attached to an RV when it got stuck. Yeah. Oh, it got it earned its it earned its being stuck. But it really wasn't doing anything because no, it just dug in. No, because I was in the RV yeah. and I was like, yeah. I look back and I'm like, his wheels are spinning. I didn't even feel it. No. Uh, like, no, 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 that that guy, thing, his yeah. whole property was creme brulee. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the grass was just lightly holding the top together, and then it was like 18 inches of mud underneath <laughs> it. And my uh, the Toyota High Ace was getting a workout, but it might as well have been a pool toy because it was just floating around on the mud. Like, it's just, it was like being a, ja- a super lightweight Japanese 4x4. Everything bike? else was instantly stuck. Oh yeah, and the the, the high ace was just kind of like, just don't be heavier. Just and a lap on the mini bike track, the yeah. the labor was not worth the reward. Oh really? No, it was not <laughs> worth the reward. Like I said, it, it killed the DR six fifty. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the DR six fifty wasn't going back out again. I think well, I took your daughter's thing right. What was it a seventy oh. trail seven? What was it? Oh, your, the the tra- what? Was it a quad or a no? Bike? It was the trail seven. The trail Probably 70. my CT seven. Your CT seven. Yeah. 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 Oh my God! Yeah. yeah, that was not fun. Those those bikes <laughs> did nine thousand laps. <laughs> yeah. I never heard them stop running yeah. unless yeah. there was gunfire. Luke put yeah. about six hundred miles on on oh, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. But it was really it was really a tribute to like 
low quality vehicles not dying. $100 Yamaha Badger, like four kids sat there and raped the piss. Oh, couldn't kill it. For three hours. Like, they couldn't (laughs) shift. We're not shifting it. We don't like shifting. We're just going to leave it at first and just. They did. Yeah. They ran that thing on the rev limiter for two days. Yeah. What an event. Yeah. Scoot and shoot. Who thought? Guns and mini bikes. Imagine that. Great combination. It's ridiculous. I still haven't cleaned my guns yet. Oh, man. Yeah. I haven't cleaned anything. Oh, Saving after that? Monday or something. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, go figure. The uh, So, yeah, so back to Eichmann. Uh, yeah, there's just, I mean, there's that whole thing about, like, this is what's new. This is what's happening. This is all the European people in one room. Everybody's got something new coming out. And, you know, is it going to sell? I don't know. But Eichmann's where you find out what's real and what's bullshit. And mm. Eichmann... You can sit on it, or it ain't coming out. And these companies fucking know that, you know. Did you bring, you brought a, literally, you brought a country-sized supply of ghost pepper powder. Yeah, oh, I was going to. Fuck you, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you were bringing your yeah. sausage, and we are going to play uh, yeah. sausage Russian roulette. That is no, half the any, size, uh, classic, so. that is half the size of a traditional blood vial. Yeah. And that would 10,000 gallons of chili. Yeah. That would ruin yeah. 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 Or, or four gallons worth of uh, toiletry. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, that's enough to stop an entire country from, yeah. If you clean your pipes, just, yeah. you can just decide whether you want to run What the hell happened here? Right. So, uh, what we have to talk about is the elephant in the room, or should I say the Ural in the room? Yeah. So, Ural has identified that they are committing no, to it's an. not el- literally here. John's looking around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Ural has committed to doing an electric. And with the help of Zero, they've taken one of Zero's, uh, you know, 88, the, Z, the Z-Force motors. Not the SR motor, not the 116 foot-pounds motor, but the you know the moderate, the 88 foot-pound motor. Doubled the horsepower of a normal URL. Oh my God! Wait till you hear and, the numbers. And, when well, you hear the numbers, the, you're going to be like, "Well, why would anybody ever buy a gas URL?" Right. And uh, the reliability had to go up by like a thousand. Points. A moving part, yeah, versus right. how many Russian moving parts? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay, so a few hundred. Sometimes I love how the fact sometimes that, moving parts sometimes. <laughs> In the uh, in the specifications, there is a specification on their website that has never been listed for a Ural motorcycle ever in the history of the company. Uh, range maximum speed. Oh, ah. okay, really? Right. Nobody's ever lived to say what the maximum speed of a Ural was. <laughs> They've never lived that long. Nobody's ah. ever come back and said. I have achieved maximum velocity they're, on a Ural. They're, they're all dead. There are no survivors. One, one of the greatest things ever on a web forum is the Ural thread, where this guy spent at least a year and a half compiling yeah. a two-million-page thing about all the problems that you could potentially have with a brand new Ural. Well, the reason why it sucks? Yeah, and everything about the horribleness. But he has three of them, but he wanted to I was tell you say, like, all the problems that, you know. You could have 35 pages of shortcomings of the Ural motorcycle, right. and like you said, who compiled this? Oh, the guy that bought fourteen of them. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. right. They are the most glutton for punishment type vehicles yeah. I've ever met. I, the guy here in town, who is the official, unofficial, Ural warranty center. Yeah. We have no dealers, right. but we have a dude who has identified himself as being a man 
with <laughs> the right mental attitude. And a spanner. And he has a wrench, <laughs> and he owns at least one Ural. Right. So the company has said, if you own a Ural, and you happen to be in Cleveland, Ohio, where there are no dealers, yeah. this guy will do your warranty work. I don't think he's an employee of the company, but right. he'll do your is fucking the, warranty work. The, yeah, the well, guy that's got the storage unit. Yes, and hey, a few parts. Yeah. I know you're talking. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's a super nice guy, yeah. and he does have remarkable amounts of information. But he'll also tell you that you know, on certain year all motorcycles for certain years, round was not necessarily a attribute that was a, <laughs> given to the wheels. Like round wheels were considered an aftermarket accessory. The factory wheels were somewhat ovoid. You know, uh, that was stock. So anyway. The maximum speed of the uh, Ural Electric is 88 miles per hour. Wow. Now, this is... Down back to the future. Well, but this is interesting to people who are zero enthusiasts. Because zero enthusiasts will tell you that whether you have um, that Z-Force motor in a FX Zero or an S Zero or a DS, the speed on that motor is 88 miles an hour. Oh, so it doesn't care about the weight. They're making an assumption. Well, maybe, 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 or does it pull? Or does the motor, which is an eighty foot pounds of torque motor, does that motor not give a fuck whether it's hooked to a three hundred pound zero or a nine hundred pound Ural? That motor's still going to go eighty eight miles an hour. So the torque. So here's the interesting thing: they say maximum cruising speed is sixty five miles an hour, which is another speed that's never been attainable by (laughs) Ural. So the maximum speed and the maximum cruising speed. Are two speeds that you're all, I'm not sure, has ever been able to boast about before, unless it was falling from an aircraft. Uh, <laughs> do or they going do they, down a hill it shouldn't have tried to climb up? Do they offer a two wheel drive electric? They don't yet. Okay. So the, this prototype they mm. have, this working prototype, is a single wheel drive system. <coughs> you're all enthusiasts will tell you that the two wheel drive wheel system should only be used in snow in or very, very yeah. deep mud. Because it, there is no mm-hmm. differential at all. It's mm-hmm. locked. In. No, yeah. It's, it's to get you out of things. It is purely Well, yeah. I mean, that's the theory. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it actually does, but... Yeah. Would anyone like to guess what the weight of this vehicle is? Oof. Well, what's... The what, actual weight... What's the original Ural? Yeah. What do you think of this? A Ural with a sidecar and a zero battery. Zero battery and zero motor. Oh, the whole thing. You've taken the gasoline motor out. You've taken the gas tank out. The joke is we could say it's Come the weight. Come on, Renee. We you could know say it's the shit. weight. No, the bike's 822. You're exactly right. Oh. 822. She's right. Hey. To the Whoa. number. Wow. Step out here. 822. Out here <laughs> to the number. I love the fact that it's a dry <laughs> measurement. Yeah. Because there's no well, left. <laughs> Unless you got a fifth of vodka in yeah, there right? somewhere. Yeah. yeah. How many what, how many quarts of oil does it carry? Yeah. Renee, no, what are you shaking? I guess the final drive has oil in it. Yeah. It's shaft drive. Oh, yeah, right. Little Interesting bit. thing was the pictures of it. You could see the the zero motor is mounted oh. in the wrong as or configuration because it's a shaft drive bike. Yeah, not so it's driving through the original drive shaft yes. of the bike. They have right. retained mm-hmm. the original drive oh, shaft so of the bike. There's no reason why it couldn't be a two. No clutch. Two-wheel That's drive. That's what I was going to say. Is it through a transmission, though? No. It's not. No clock. It's just going straight. Okay. Twist and go. Oh, there. yeah. Look at that thing. It's sideways. Twist and go. Yeah, man. Zero, man. You don't need a transmission when you got torque from one RPM till a million, you know? So torques. It's got all the torques. Okay. Uh, would you like to know some other electric vehicle that got announced as being real? Absolutely. How about the Harley-Davidson Livewire? What? Woof. Don't call it an Alta. 
Um, so they, so they stole their Ulta technology and booted before them? we launch our live wire. Can you guys all say factual statements at the same time? Because you're doing that right now. <laughs> so they Not stole me. their technology and then booted them. And then drove them, drove them out of business by pulling the rug out from underneath their mm-hmm. and their partners. We're going to do a partnership. Is you just have to invest a ton of money in all the equipment and everything. Yep. Oh no, we're not. Now it's you go like out of taking the best years of a woman's life and then fucking her corpse. That's like oh, you're married. Then. So are they <laughs> are they taking over the old? Are they taking over the facilities that were all set up to produce this stuff? Oh, why would they? I'm sure everything. I'm sure Harley's parts shed is nicer than anything Alta ever had. Yeah, you're probably right. Right? I mean, I'm God, sure the employee geez. bathroom at a Harley Davidson is nicer than their lawyers must have sucked. Well, like seriously, how could anybody afford to do battle with Harley? Oh yeah, yeah you Harley? can't be Harley. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Come on. Really? I've gone to battle no, with Harley. Seriously, how can you? How can you ever hope? Harley Davidson changed the course of motorcycles in the United States of America. Harley Davidson's lobbying team changed laws. We don't have a graduated license system here. You don't need to ride a 125 in this country for the first year you have your license because of Harley Davidson. They are the NRA of motorcycles. They are the NRA of motorcycles. <laughs> Do you want to know why you can ride a motorcycle in the state of Ohio without a har- without a helmet on? Harley fucking Harley. Davidson. Harley fucking yeah. Davidson. Their, their costume department, too, yeah, changed costume, the whole exactly. movement. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Their lobbying department is so fierce that I would never in a million years want to try to go head-to-head with them. But two yeah. of them are dead tomorrow. Who did? Those lobbying department people. I, I, yeah, two of them are two, dead tomorrow. I, I'm, you, lost, you lost me. Just, just wait till tomorrow. Okay, I'm, I'm waiting. All right. Wow. How to keep an idiot in suspense. Those, those, I'll tell you tomorrow. Well, All right. Chris Smith obviously knows, till tomorrow. Exactly. So knows something right. that we don't. Yep. All right. I wonder if we'll get a phone call from Harley Davidson tomorrow. <laughs> we heard your podcast. Ed, uh, yeah. Ed's dead. What right. the fuck yeah. happened? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Zen. Who's next? So this is the information that's been released. Ed's dead, baby. Ed's dead. dead. All right. So it's not a chopper. All right. Oh, Here's God. the information that we have from Mike Ma. Relating to the Harley Davidson. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you January 19th. Oh, <laughs> oh that hurts. Uh-huh. Yeah, Harley Davidson made a giant announcement at Eichmann, uh-huh. and the fact is they didn't have anything to announce. Uh-huh. Um, we did get to hear it. But you wouldn't hear it. Nope. Wait. So not there's even more. Apparently there's more. Because they ran out of baseball <laughs> cards for the spokes. <laughs> The gear set between the motor and the drive belt has been designed to produce a tone that changes, producing an exciting oral response to velocity and acceleration. Well, that that is from Harley Davidson. That quote. <laughs> so I will go, say ah! it again. I will say it again <laughs> if you need me to. An oral response. Quote. An exciting oral. Response. Oral response. A-U-R-A-L. Make sure, yes, A-U-R-A-L. So it's going to be a, a fake potato, potato, potato. Yeah. No, we, Renee and I listened to it today. Renee and I, we played the, we played the, we played the oh, video. Oh, they do have the. They have, a, they have a video. They have a sound bite. And here's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like. Like a theremin? Like, yes. That's what I was say. <laughs> the only way I can describe it is 
Were they that, going for the Jetson thing? I, that's, I was going to say, I would at no, least want it to be the... It is, it is not. It is simply the sound of what you would say is if you put your if you put your hand or a piece of plastic or something against a, a, a grinding wheel that was on a rheostat, mm-hmm. and as you turned that up, the rheostat up oh, and the right, rheostat right. down, just the sheer sound yeah. of... Two things rubbing against each other at that speed. This opens up a whole new symp- uh, 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 like a symphonic, tool. organized Harley yeah. demonstration. Yeah, like an air tool. You can play. Know, exactly. Right. right. So, well, and this is, and <laughs> once again, this is a gear set. Right. So the gear set between the motor and the drive belt. So they added something that doesn't really need to be there just yes. to make noise. So, exactly. so they're putting a gazillion. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> right. Something that's not entirely new for Harley Davidson. Right, right. They've added something that doesn't need to be there right. just to make just noise. Noise, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's it. Would anyone like to know the, the range on this bike? 30 miles. 55. 50, okay. 55 miles. Wow. As I said, just enough to get it off the trailer to the coffee shop and back onto the trailer again. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. Five miles, um, but yeah, that's that's for but real. But you have a whole sidecar that you can load with batteries. No, no, that's, no, 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 that's the your Ural. last year off. No, 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 this, oh, this, this is, is a Harley one. So we're gonna go back to the Ural now that this I've is, told. We're talking about the live. So what does the live wear look like? It looks really good. It does. Look does good. it? It so does. Look they really have good. renderings or yeah, yeah. There's okay. a computer over there. You can look it up. Yeah, yeah, it's on there. Go ahead and Google it. They they did the launch. They've got photographs and everything else. It does look really nice. Don't get me wrong. It looks beautiful. But it looks like what weren't they showcase? Didn't they have that out for test rides? Like they did. It's different. Well, four years ago. So four years ago, they had a live wire that could do 35, 40 miles per hour. This looks similar to it, but more updated, a little little more red. It's beautiful looking. I'm not saying the design department dropped the ball. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I like the color orange. The fake Sportster gas tank is is appealing. You know, it's a good-looking machine. The right side of it's better-looking. The uh, yeah. it's a good-looking bike. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's a going to be a challenging riding position, but you're, you know what? You're only going to be on it for 55 miles anyway. So far, <laughs> right. Yeah. right? Exactly. It could be a challenging riding position. You're not going to be on it very long. Did they have any specs on charging time? January 19th. Fuckers. So if you'd like anything beyond what I've given you, January nineteenth. It's pretty. It's pretty cool that they didn't actually make the the motor area look like the Alta at all, except for it. They took totally they took does. This, yeah, they took the fins off of it yeah. and they added fins somewhere else. Yeah. Would you like to know why they're going to release the uh, the data on its battery power range or other mm-hmm. stuff on January nineteenth? Because they, they don't know it, it yet. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> uh, if you are at, currently if, know themselves. If, if you're at Eichma yeah. and you don't know. It's because you, you don't anything. know. Right. Right. Uh, it's a bad position to be in. It, it, it hints, it screams of vaporware. Um, you know, like you said, Yamaha was able to say, the thing you want, we can't give you till 2021. Right. So they looked into the future three years right. and said, we're not going to have this till 2021. So in quit asking. We're working exactly. on it. Exactly. Yeah. Quit, quit asking. Um, Harley Davidson uh, said, we'll let you know January 19th. The point is, they don't have actionable. They do not have actionable intelligence yet at this point. That fucker's gonna look weird with big A painters on it. Yeah, it is. Looking <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did we put the fringe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. First of all, the current range of Harley Davidson operators are all too large to fit on that seat. I did look yeah. at it. It is not. It is not and Milwaukee friendly. You got Vance and Hines and all these people going like, "Fuck." Right. What do we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. Bourget is just going to be like, eh, yeah, can't do nothing with this damn thing. Okay, 
So now back to the Ural, now that we've discussed that. So would anyone like to guess? First of all, I'm going to give you some basic information. If you are a, mo- if you're a zero enthusiast mm-hmm. or you listen to the podcast, uh, you'll know that in the Ural Motors, they're using zero technology. So zero is letting other companies use their technology now. They're, hmm. they're saying, you know, we're not going to build a scooter. You know, we, we've watched the people at zero and we, I've been to the training and a lot of times people come and go like, well, how come you don't have a zero scooter? I'd buy it in a second. Ask Vectrix why we don't have a zero mm. scooter. Because we don't want to go out of business. We want to continue making shit. But if you'd like to build a zero-powered scooter, congratulations. We will sell you the motor, we'll sell you the power controller, and mm. we'll sell you the batteries. They're kind of like GM. I love that. Yeah, I think that's letting, pretty badass. Yeah. They're letting technology develop without them getting involved, and that's good because then you don't have to put your name on the failures. And mm-hmm. and yeah. they're focusing on one thing and making it the best yeah. thing that yeah. it can be. And considering that it's a new thing and it's a power source for power everything, yeah. that's great. Like it's focus great. your intention on one yeah. thing and make it awesome. And so nobody needs to say, "Well, where's the power cruiser?" Right. Oh, well, the guys over at Curtis, formerly Confederate, mm-hmm. they built it. Yep. It's got two motors, and it'll rip your dick off. <laughs> right, you know it's it's true. It's you know a hundred and some. They said zero to sixty in two seconds. Yeah. Two fucking seconds. Zero to sixty. Know. That'll officially rip your dick off. That'll rip your fucking <laughs> dick off. I've seen the seat. <laughs> You'll be a dickless fucker. You'll be fast. You cannot be a dickless fucker if you don't have a dick. How will you do the fucking? Have you ever met Liza? Dickless boy, boy taken, boy taken. Guaranteed. Liza's fucking. Okay, so, all right. Now, a big zero has goose egg. Four batteries in it. Okay, four batteries. Those four batteries today are about 14.4. Last year they were like 13.0, right? And you can do the math on that. Mm-hmm. It comes out to about 6.5 per cell, you know, 3.25 per battery pack itself. The Ural does not have 6.5 kilowatt on board. The Ural does not have 13.0 kilowatt on board. The Ural has 19.5 kilowatts on board. That should even make Terry Hirschner happy, because 19.5 kilowatt is not joking. That is the biggest battery that you can get in a zero, and two charge tanks. Wow! So it's the equivalent of six cells, six blocks, six units of battery. And we have some down and dirty math that we use around here. When you look at the side of a zero motorcycle. And it says that number on the side, Mm 14.4. We usually say you multiply that by 10, Mm -hmm. and that's how far the range is driven normally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a bike that has a 14.4 on the side, we generally figure 144 miles range, no problem, Mm -hmm. driven responsibly. So the Ural claims to have a 103-mile range. Mm. That's smaller than I would think it would be, but then I looked back at that number Renee reminded us about 822 822 pounds. pounds, So yeah, when your Ural weighs three times as much as a zero, your range may vary. Well, on top of that, don't you think with like their history, like it seems from what I've read about the Urals in the last several years, whatever, they've tried to become a better company. Oh, clearly. So partnering with them stuff, don't you think that they probably want to be on the low end of the possible mileage? Yes. I do. I think they're so. probably trying to under promise and over deliver. Yeah. I would also mm-hmm. like to think that 
It's funny because they do not have level two chargers built onto the thing. It's still a level one normal cord charger. And if you looked at the picture, the cord goes right into the top of the gas tank, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is hilarious because <laughs> you're like, where does power cord go? I don't know, Dick. Where does gas go? Yeah. Oh, gas cap. <laughs> got it. Check. All right. Because like on the zero, it's a little plug on the yeah, side. Yeah, you got to think yeah. about it. You're like, oh, where was the power plug go? Oh, it goes there. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to do level two charging, that goes in the top. You yeah. know. But with the Ural, they literally just opened the fucking gas cap, and that's where you put the plug in. Like, no modifications were made. They probably just cut the bottom out of the gas tank. They're like, here you go. It's still a steel gas tank. It's still tank. a steel gas tank and everything. It is truly stamped on the same dies. Yeah. Yes, it didn't it weld is. the bottom But you got a big-ass trunk that you can put all your level 2 charges. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, right. yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. There's no shortage of gross tonnage here and the ability to take more shit with you. My only question is, why did they stop at six batteries? Why didn't they go to 16 or 60? Because this thing could be the cross-country You have to unscrew the gas cap. It's not even like a flip-up thing or anything. You have to un... Literally have to unscrew the gas cap. What for to plug it in? It's likely watertight. (laughs) (laughs) How many of your all owners are going to accidentally... How many of your all owners are going to accidentally put a gallon or two of unleaded in there before they realize that's where the electricity goes? Hey, dude, can I borrow your bike? Never again. Never again can you borrow my bike. You filled my battery up with gasoline last time, you fucker. So looking at it... The frame looks the same. I they literally... Sh- do you think they no. fit? No? No, that frame is not... Whether that actually is a frame, we're talking about the silver-colored stuff on the outside. Well, no, I look at the black pipes. I see the black pipe. I think that all the silver stuff is trim. I right. think all the silver stuff is cheese. Right. And I think the motorcycle's frame is still what the motorcycle's frame always Th- That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. They yeah. modified the batteries and everything just to fit their... their yeah. S- yeah. No new no new jigs were made in the making of this motorcycle. Careful way you say that, but right. yes, the uh, yeah, I think that you can still see the spot where you hit the stick with the rock. Yeah. I don't like yeah. the silver stuff on there. It makes it look. Too it does weird. make it look bad. I agree. Right, right. Take, take that off. Take it all off. It's all unnecessary. Take it off. Baby. Less is more. Yeah, unless it's a heat sink, in which case, paint keep it, it black. Keep it on. Yeah. Yeah. Anodize it. Anodize it black. Yeah, paint it black. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was just hilarious that you know it is the funniest thing because it is it is literally an electric powered Yugo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's 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 where we are. I mean nobody's going to say talk about their high tech Ural, and now we have a Ural with you know a lot of computing power on board. So you've sold a bunch of zeros. Yep. You know how the market is for zeros. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a market for a yes? Because Sidecar, Euro, right, yeah, yeah. I know who your first customer was. Well, well, yeah, the one, yeah. And... Okay. <laughs> All right. If you've ever seen the show Portlandia, you'll know mm-hmm. you can put a bird on anything. Okay, <laughs> put a bird on it. Yeah. We in our world have this put a sidecar on it thing. Every time somebody comes into my shop and says, "Can I put a sidecar on that?" A kitten is murdered viciously somewhere in the world because sidecars do not help the situation ever. No. Like, no motorcycle has ever been improved by the installation of a sidecar. Nobody who's a novice rider has ever survived a relationship with a sidecar. (laughs) Nothing good has come from a sidecar. Ask Dustin about the time I tried to teach him how to use a Royal Enfield with a sidecar. Forty minutes of extreme stress, stress, a few tears, mm-hmm. and me taking it away before he heard it. 
But yeah, yeah sidecars are not better than motorcycles. They're worse. And a lot of times you have these guys that say, like, you basically have to be a NASCAR setup agent to get the thing no. on the highway. No, no, I disagree. Really? You have to be a... Okay. More debates have happened on the internet regarding the setup of sidecars than is warranted. Okay. It's like as, an oil thread, basically? It is. Okay. As long as you, as a human being, have flexible tissue and bones holding it together... You are the adjustment system of the sidecar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So even a sidecar that is hastily assembled, I can get it down the road at 75, 80 miles an hour. Hmm. The thing that's going to rear its ugly head is when a panic situation occurs. Yeah. So when I jam on the brakes super duper hard on a sidecar and it's not set up great, it may do a left into oncoming traffic. Hmm. Okay. If I'm making a hard right-hand turn in the sidecar and it's not set up super great, the sidecar may go in the air mm-hmm. way earlier than it should. Okay? Yeah. When I'm turning a hard left on the sidecar... Sidecar rig, in the air is just a given, though. That's, yeah. Oh, no, that's a given. That's going to happen with you. That's a given. Three but I have, read, I have ridden many sidecars that were set up so poorly that I could not execute a right-hand turn without right. the wheel going in the air hmm. because the geometry was so bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are books written, proficient sidecars. You know, I mean, there, there are yeah. books written that we sell about setting up your sidecar rig. Mm. And we make sure that when we sell you a sidecar rig, we sell you that book with it because it is a great place to lose time of like, you know, well, according to this book, it says 12 degrees at 34 feet, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na, right? And it's the same thing that I like to, I use the reference of, we know that 35 millimeter cameras exist. Non-programmable, non-automatic 35 millimeter cameras exist, where you would have to balance the exposure time and the aperture mm-hmm. oh, yeah. to create a good image. Mm-hmm. There's also a pinhole camera, mm-hmm. and there's also the <laughs> shit you can buy at yeah. CVS right. that makes a little click noise when you wind it. Yeah. All of these things accomplish the same goal. Right. They all take a photo. One of them is literally a hole in a box, mm-hmm. right? The other one is thousands of dollars and years of training to make it work right. Mm-hmm. And sidecars are the exact same way. The second you add a wheel to the vehicle, a two-wheeled vehicle, what you talked about last week, bears on wheels. More wheels is not better. Mm-hmm. When you add that wheel to that sidecar rig, you are entering a dark zone. Right. And it will be right one time. <laughs> well, seriously, put somebody in the sidecar. Okay. Is it the same? No. You're no. changing weight. You're changing everything. Put somebody on the back of the bike. Is it the same? Nope. No. All the geometry changes based on who's in it and what's in it. When we train people here, we take two, 300 pounds of weight and mm-hmm. put that in the sidecar so that the damn thing just doesn't flip on them the first time they make a right-hand turn. Right. So they don't find out at their first 12-mile-an-hour right-hand turn that 12 was excessive. <laughs> right. Because once a sidecar does start to go over, you got to really have your shit together to get it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You usually end up in the wrong lane of traffic, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to go hard left to get yeah. it back. Mm-hmm. So you want to be like the sidecar idiot and play games and tricks and stuff. You can do it. But, yes, the sidecar fetishist exists in the, in the Ural community. <laughs> and it also makes perfect sense, too, because, well, the Ural motors themselves... 
if you're taking out that Russian operating system and replacing it with a cutting-edge electric operating system mm-hmm. that has one moving part, right. that's a suitable case for treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a real thing there. I mean, I think that's great. And I think... It, I think that's a solution for every Chang-Jang motorcycle and sidecar rig that's ever been made. Right. Because I'll bet you if you took the motor out of that Chang-Jang and you just, aside from the fact the bearings would explode at 85 miles an hour... Probably okay. The wheel bearings, that is. Do you think they would do that at any point? I mean, sell a kit? Yes. Just for, yeah. like you guys were saying that the frame looks... The Chinese already do. No, so, but I mean for the URL itself, do you think they would... <laughs> once again, the only, the only missing link is the guy who wants to do it. The guy who wants to have that be his, his business plan. Because I absolutely believe that zero... So let's just say your business plan. I'm going to give you your business plan. We'll, we'll shark tank this. And you just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build an adapter kit that has all the parts I need to install the zero motor, the zero batteries, the power controller, and the display unit in Honda CB750s. That's a hell of a business. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to... Yeah. Oh, shit just got real, didn't it? Yeah. No more carburetors. No more motors. No more... Timing cam chain tensioners, nothing. It's all going to be batteries and electricity. Because I know most of the people that own CB750s maybe only put 1,200, 2,000 miles on them a year. Well, that's the thing. So, like, the Euro, things like that and stuff, that is the actually perfect in the current condition of electric motorcycles power plant. Because except for the freaks that go out and do world traveling on on their Euro's and stuff, most of the guys are, just like you were talking about your little cars, I'm going to take the grandson down to the thing on Sunday and drive back, and it's 50 miles round trip or something like that. You know. Question. Would anybody at this table like to own a... 100 foot-pounds of torque, fully automatic, no shifting required, 200-mile range, 1975 KZ900. Yeah, of course. Okay. Now, what if it required no valve adjustments ever? What if it didn't have any carburetors to adjust? Mm -hmm. Right? What if it was dead turnkey reliable? (laughs) Right? Okay. What if I told you that we could do the same thing with an XS1100 and a CBX, mm-hmm. okay, and a BMW R90, and you could have all six of these motorcycles in your garage and move the motor from one to the other to the other to the other, so you could literally have a drop-in battery pack mm-hmm. and an installable, takes 10 cool. minutes to install drop-in motor. Very cool. So you could just walk up to the bike and go, boom, there's power the motor. Unit. Yeah. Power unit, drop in. Power, power unit, unit drops in. Battery unit drops in. Take your hollow gas tank, slide it on the top, <laughs> and now you can have six motorcycles but Very one motor. Cool. Very cool. And then that opens a whole new Do thing. Do you remember when we were kids and we had slot cars? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You mm-hmm. had Abe chassis and you had six bodies to go on top oh, of. Yeah. This is the grown-up version of that. Go ahead. What I would rather have. Yeah. It's a KZ1000 right. in stock trim. Yeah. And I can add an electric motor mm-hmm. and an extra however many horsepower to that package. Right. So that I can boost my... Supplemental power. I can make a make hybrid. Make a hybrid. Yeah, I make prefer it a, hybrid. a hybrid as well. Yeah, yep. hybrid. So I remove yeah. maybe the swing arm yeah. or something like that. Sure. And the, you know, or like mm-hmm. that. 
Yeah, what my I, my concept idea is literally. But if I'm going to go electric, yeah. I'd rather just have the full package. Mm-hmm. But See, I mean, appreciate the aesthetic can add of the a old set stuff. Of points to it. Yeah, asking for a friend. <laughs> we can only have this if we can put in points. If it can only have points in condenser, then we're okay. Yeah. Can I have to shim? Can I uh, have to adjust this on the side of the road? Some cigarette paper, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, what about the Kawasaki W850? I saw that. Did saw you that. see that? Yeah, you, I, I, I forwarded you yeah, because you you're pointed out to me. But isn't it like really expensive? Fan. Isn't it like ten nine or something? Or? It, the mm. price will be whatever people are willing to pay. Mm. And the reason, and, and what I use as an example for that is the uh, Honda CB1100. So, We as older motorcyclists yeah. have to start wrapping our heads around the baseline price for a motorcycle. 10000 isn't a lot of money. Is mm. the $10,000. Right. Yeah. Because if you go back to 1970 and do cost of living adjustments inflation adjusted for inflation those uh excess 650s were about ninety two hundred dollars by today's money yeah but i think i yeah. i have a hard time just i, I guess it's just because I'm, I'm i'm thrifty or poor or whatever you want to say right but i have a hard time with when these new bikes come out and they don't offer anything that's awesome compared to like a four-year-old bike that you can get for six thousand well, bucks and this 5, is well and, and <clears throat> we shouldn't let the existence of functional things from five years ago impede our ability to continue to develop things. No, you're right. Things. No, no, you're right, you're right. And by that standard, we would have all stopped with, you know, insert name of fuel-injected motorcycle that did things really well here. I guess, you know? I guess yeah. in this particular bike, when I saw what it, what, it, what it has on it compared to what other bikes have on it mm-hmm. at the price point that it's at, yeah. it doesn't seem worth it. Right. Like, except for the visuals, the styling right. of it, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not getting a screen and, like, modes and all this other stuff right. that some ten and $12,000 bikes have. Sure. You're just getting, a, you know, old-school Triumph-looking... You're getting an motorcycle. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're getting a motorcycle. But you have to remember there are two types of people. There are people who are purely into the aesthetics, mm-hmm. and there are people who are purely into the function. The performance. Yeah. 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 Right. And I... I applaud Kawasaki for doing it. Uh, I applaud them for it not being an 1100. <laughs> no, and this is there's the thing is here's here's my 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 conundrum. I guess what I'll say is we have these rules that I would like to maintain. I would like to maintain that the bike is light enough to be enjoyable. I don't want the bike to be a giant fucking slug. I don't want the thing to be big and heavy. What did we agree upon? We all rode the CB 1100. What is your complaint with the CB1100? Nothing. This is an audio podcast, people. <laughs> no, people look it's at not it. a great fucking exciting. bike. Okay. It's a great bike. It's boring. But really? It's not exciting. It was boring. boring. It was really? boring. Too smooth. Really? It was wow. just smooth too smooth as glass. And my thing was, really? Here's where I equated it. This was my problem with it. I missed that. Well, but <laughs> it's power delivery was almost Linear. electric. But here's the thing is, I have electric bikes. So if I want almost electric, I can have actually electric. Not almost electric, actually electric. So if I'm going to make the decision to be with timing cam chains, and I'm going to make the decision to be with valves, and I'm going to be with exhausts, and I'm going to be with heat, I'm going to be with oil changes, I'm going to be with all these things, I want to have a little bit of a, like a little bit of ferocity, a little bit of, 
hey, dude, you're not paying attention to me. I need you to pay attention to me. I'm a motor down, down, motor down here. I this can't is a real motor. nobody found a way to make that bike angry relatively quickly. There was no anger to it. There was just, I mean, you know, I don't know why. The bike didn't have any anger to it. It has to be able to be made angry. And I have somehow. ridden its, its father, the CB1100F, 1983, it had anger. You could tell that parts parts were tapping to each other. Parts were hitting or coming close to hitting each other. That the refinement factor on the CB eleven hundred was so fucking good, it was magical. And it's so weird to say that when I rode the BMW K twelve hundred S, which is twice as much horsepower and twice as much acceleration and everything else, there was more mechanical stimulus. There was more soul. To the motorcycle in a goddamn German Uber slabber, you know, the Bavarian Busa. It had more soul to it. It had more sense of excitement, more sense of you're riding a motorcycle and this could fuck you up than the CB11 did. The CB11 was the distinguished gentleman of distinguished gentlemen. It was perfect. It was hewn from one piece of billet. Like, it was so... Yes, it was so perfect. It was so awesome. But everybody who rode it, myself included, <clears throat> after riding it five or six times, I brought it back and I was just like, hmm. wow, okay. And it was, there were, by the way, there, there were mods that you could do to get it up over 100 horsepower. But you actually had to, you actually had to fool the speedometer. You had to fool an optical sensor in the speedometer, mm-hmm. so the computer would let you cool. go into the deeper parts of the ECU to lo- to unleash some more horsepower. But you know, some mapping changes. But every time I rode it, I just went, "Oh man!" And also, it you know, it looked great. It looked like what I wanted that bike to look like, but it didn't have any sense of ferocity. It, it didn't have that. When I ride the Bonneville, I guarantee the Kawasaki, the new yeah. Kawasaki that they're releasing, the R nine hundred. Yeah, it looks like it's got a bevel drive, doesn't it? It's going to have some ferocity, I think. And it's, when I and if that doesn't do it for you, the supercharged version will. Yeah, and well, and when I when I ride Bonnevilles, that's what I'm saying. That's different is Bonnevilles do have a mechanical sense to them, and I do like to, you know you will hear me shit on Bonnevilles because I don't think Triumph bikes should be made in Thailand. You know, I like you know. Whose patch you want to put on your jacket, dude? You know, if you're pretending, and that's a big pretending thing. Right. And it's like people who buy the Harley Davidson that isn't a Harley Davidson. You're pretending. So be honest about it. That, you know, it takes me a little extra work to like Japanese bikes that are made in Thailand. Mm. Right? So yeah. so that's kind of one of my questions that I have is is don't you think that going a little bit further, I don't know, 10, 15 years into the electric Mm-hmm. That would be the same issue, meaning that mm-hmm. all the bikes are going to feel the same, even though they have a lot of torque. Yeah, but they're all going to yeah, feel exactly the same. They are. We're going to lose that sensory experience, and and that's why I think. Yeah. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking with Mister Master, Sir Man, Mister <laughs> Mr. Master. Uh, uh, that that you at least want to keep the sense or the difference the different feel for the motor itself mm-hmm. and then just add the little boost of electric on yeah. the side so it feels different. I ride a zero bikes. for two or three weeks. If I ride a zero for two or three weeks, I'm itching to get on something with a clutch. 
Mm-hmm. I'm itching to get on something that might stall. And between you know? the different <laughs> styles, and I know that yeah. they have like different ranges and the mm-hmm. style and the seating and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you feel any different other than the? They have kind of the same. Torque. Yeah, I couldn't have Close. a zero as an only bike. It's just I just couldn't do that. I need to have that right. that sense that that feeling for some strange reason. Right. I haven't yet walked away from it totally, and that's just the same reason why. As much as I don't. I don't like to admit that I like the sound of a, a louder motorcycle, but sometimes when I ride a motorcycle kinda, yeah. that has a decent note to it, I kind of like that. So it's, it's really it's bonkers, man. Yeah. John is gonna you're gonna snort that right up your nose after that ghost pepper <laughs> stuff. I like the way you doled that out literally by the grain. grain. That's only one. Grain. It's like yeah. gunpowder. You, yeah. you have two grains. Two or three uh, grains. Two grains of. Here we go. Ghost pepper salt. Here we go. I'll bet you two grains you can't even tell. Well, there's no salt. It's just Oh, ghost just ghost pepper? Pe- yeah. Dried yeah. ghost peppers? I don't think at two grains you're going to No, I don't think it. you're going to get hit. Yeah. I don't think it'll trip the buttons. <laughs> Although John's oh, saying yes? buttons have been tripped. <laughs> <laughs> two grains, buttons Mac have been tripped. Mac giggling. Well, yeah. It's I actually Carolina Reaper. So Carolina, oh, yeah, Carolina Reaper yeah. peppers. Okay, yeah. whatever. That, that's so. about as much as you'd want to Two grains. <laughs> really? <laughs> two grains. That bottle has 90 million grains in it. <laughs> and it's a small bottle. Yeah. It's, it's, it'll sneak up on really? you. Really? Why would they even sell it in such a large yeah. quantity? I mean, it's not. I mean, that's not enough to make choke me up. But. Right, right. No, but yeah. I was going to take over the Cleveland be... water supply. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, just like that. That's how you would do it right yeah. now. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of the deal. The uh, not bad. I, Two grains is perfect. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. The the tough thing about that Kawasaki 850 though is stop it, Asker. Just oh, it's, the Kawasaki, it's the Kawasaki 650. Oh, it's going to quickly go the way of the KZ 750 twin. Oscar cannot stop. Yeah, the, I mean the. Okay, I just had two grains. The temptation. Two. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, that was two grains, and that's you know that you know that you've had something. And that was two grains. By the way, we have 57 grains left here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. 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 You're all in trouble. The uh, That's good, though. I mean, that, that has flavor to it. Yeah, you can put it in chili. I mean, that's the whole point. Well, yeah, you can put it in chili. You can put, you can put it in anything in a, you need to ruin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can put 10 grains in a full pot of chili. Holy right. crap. Holy crap what? <clears throat> See the frame? Yeah, it's a Kawasa- It's a uh, XS650 frame. Yeah. Well, that's what I figured the bike was. Is like... The, yeah. Just the way the backbone is made and the way the seat post is, it's... it's Yeah, it's an XS650 wow. frame. So is this going to be available? Like, so it hit the thing, but is it going to be in the U.S. one? I don't know. I mean, once again, I will. you'll never catch me telling people right. that bike is going to be available now. Because we... How many podcasts ago did we talk about the genuine 400, right? It's going to be available now. Seven podcasts. Right. So it's been, a, first it's been a while. Still. And we just found out today that they're shipping. Oh, all right. So, you know, we can expect them within a few days. Ooh. I know, right. So there'll be a test. If it's not snowing. An, that was an Easter egg unboxing. Fuck yeah. Test the right. snow. Surprise egg unboxing. Skibbity. Skibbity. <laughs> that'll, be how we list, that'll be how we list our YouTube video, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for of the course, it'll have to have fucking snow chains on it because we're supposed to get three inches of snow next week, so... Uh, the uh, but they have snowed a little today. It yeah, did it snow in his neighborhood, yeah. It snowed by me too, and I was going to wrap yeah. it up, but it yeah. hadn't salted. As long as right. they don't salt, yeah, all as right. long as they don't salt, yeah. okay. But that's <clears throat> as much as I, I sit there and I go, well, God damn it, we don't need another Bonneville. We don't need another V7. We don't need another thing like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of say, well, 
if you're a buyer who wants to buy one, yeah, there's plenty of those fuckers out there. They still have V7s that haven't been sold. They still have Bonnevilles that haven't been sold. they got a lot of stuff. But what I'm happy to see is that when the T120, you know, like, oh, it's the bigification of everything. Like, make everything a 1200. Mm-hmm. No, we don't need to make everything a 1200. I had three people in my shop today that don't need to be on 1200s. They need to be on 450s. They need to be on 400s. <laughs> We don't have enough of that. We need fuel-injected, yeah. lightweight, you know. I, yeah, so to, why is that not out there? Because the, the, I guess, in the United States, it's not out there because when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. And Harley-Davidson, it's lobbying. We don't have a restricted license, a graduated license, because they want every new rider to be on that Sportster. That 1200 Sportster, that 83 Sportster. So we need to have legislation that says you you got a temporary. Yeah. You've never ridden anything. Of course, you can have a 900 pound motorcycle. Do you know how many have lives? At it. Do you know how many lives licensing restrictions could probably save? Oh God. When I worked oh, at North Shore yeah. Yamaha, people would walk in. This is years ago. This is like 2000 something, maybe yeah. two, 2000, I think 90, whatever. These kids would walk in. 17 years old with their dad's check because they were rich and walk out with an R1 and they never rode before. They had their temporary fucking license in their pocket. Yeah. And, and I'd be like, i give this kid four days. And sure enough, you'd find out Timmy that bought the R1 is in the hospital with a broken everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you can't repossess that bike. It's total. No. Oh, and I was, I was listening to another uh, motorcycle podcast and they were, rec- they were recommending as yeah. just starter bike a Harley 900 yeah. CC bike. Yeah. 883, like, man. Are you entry level? Crazy. 600 and some pounds. Right? And wait, just and the weight itself. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, a lot of people that have ridden mountain bikes and stuff like that jump on motorcycles and they're cool, right? And a lot of people can feel pretty competent pretty quickly on a motorcycle. But what you don't get is the oh shit moments on a big bike that you need to learn on a small bike. Mm -hmm. And the oh shit moments on a small bike, you might break your toe, you might scuff your arm or something, but you learn and you go, oh, I won't do that again, I'm going to learn this and that. When you're on a big, heavy, faster bike, the oh shit moment comes a lot quicker and you're fucked. And And you're you're done done with motorcycles. Yeah, and you're done. You're done with biking. Well, even if you're doing really small riding and they just tip it over, they're not even going to know how to to pick it up. Pick it up. Yeah. When you guys came in today, Boris, Boris Karloff was in here, and he was, you know, buying his, selling him his Vespa, right? Would you guys like to know, this isn't Boris Karloff's first motorcycle shop this week. Oh, boy. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a deposit down. Sure, it's not. Where? The Harley dealer. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, no. Harley do a Vespa. They sold him a bike. Wow. That guy, 70 years old, never ridden a motorcycle in his entire goddamn life. And he went to the Harley-Davidson dealership, and they sold him a bike. A bagger? Oh, yeah. Really? And you know what he... <laughs> you, do you, you want to know how that man showed up at my shop? Go ahead. What's your landing gear? No. no I wish. Out, out, <laughs> right? yeah, I wish. Outriggers? Yeah. Training yeah. yeah. Well, the reason he was so happy with the Harley dealership is they understood how comfortable he felt with his butt lower, he'd get his feet flat on the ground, that kind of thing. And he's on... They're selling him a Road King Classic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You 108 cubic inches. How's right? he going to back that out of a parking space? Right? Point being, yeah. he's not, but the sales department doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Win in the not. plus, win in the Harley column. And he came in and he's like, he goes, well, I, he goes, 
I'm thinking maybe second thoughts. I'm thinking perhaps I, I should just have a look at the Vespa because the Harley guy, you know, I, I just, I signed the paperwork and everything, but I'm just thinking, my wife says that maybe the Harley is too much. Uh, uh, maybe uh, 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 the Harley is too much. <laughs> and I said, sure, dude. I'm going to lean the C50. I'm going to take the 800cc Suzuki cruiser bike that has the same ergos. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to lean it over. And I'm going to let you pick it up. Just because you just you just put your foot in the wrong spot and it just tipped over. Right. Let me see your ass pick that bike up. Just write it. Right. Just get it up. And he was like, well, maybe I've made a mistake. Yeah. I'm like, you might have made a $27,000 mistake. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and, and and that's a realistic thing in Ohio. Yeah. With I mean, you're gonna have your bike get a little squirrely when you're parking. Yeah, at some like, point, yeah. you are. It's Again, I will refer you back to the. It doesn't come with reverse, right? So your geriatric ass is going to be pushing this thing back. I don't like pushing them backwards, mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. a fit forty nine year old, mm -hmm. fat forty nine year old. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fitting, fitting this donut in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just the back half, just the tip, but but yeah, so. That is a, a tough, tough thing. So I, I just wanted to, to talk about that sort of thing. And I wish that we did have, I wish that we did have a 450 or a 500 or at least 850 is a step in the right direction. Eight, I'm God, I can't believe I'm saying that. An 850 is yeah. a step in the right direction. It is fair to say we did we did the math and we weighed them out. The Moto Guzzi V7 was the same weight as a Honda CB450. So like everything wow. about riding the V7 is almost identical to riding a vintage Honda CB750, which, you know, there you go. Just tuned up your coffee a little bit. I like that. <laughs> Chris but, I mean, Chris too. owns both of them. So, I do. And you, I mean, so that's a fair comparison. I do. The CB450 and the V7. V7. Yeah, the weight's almost identical. The center of gravity, the, the weight location, the weight balance is almost identical. So <laughs> the power, though, is considerably more with the V7. But V7 is a sweet it is a sweet bike. bike it's a sweet ah, it's yeah. Fucking yeah. Yeah. it is so, and that's that's what a middleweight should be what? under 400 pounds easy to ride that's me I'm under 400 pounds <laughs> and easy to ride yeah and well, easy to ride so when smile the, when, you <laughs> when, when the count was in here did he did he go you have one Vespas two two Vespas and three uh, Vespas he he did make he he was a challenge uh, uh, but he was the, he was a really I, nice guy I've been here yeah. several times where you've had right. interesting yeah. customers yeah. Oh, and yeah. he was the nicest Interesting customer that you've had probably in a long time, I would he say. He had prepared a quiz for each one of us and gave us an award if we achieved a correct response on the quiz. So he's non-fireable. What did you win? I won this well, flashlight. Well, this is... Uh, so, yeah, uh, this, guy, <laughs> this guy works for a company called ProLight Electronics and, um, and came in and, and had prepared. He's been doing his homework. But he prepared a series of questions, and if he thought we answered the questions about the bike correctly, mm -hmm. that uh, rather than just signing the paperwork and buying the bike, he would instead give us mm. prizes from the company he works for. And out so, of his trunk. A lightsaber. They gave me a lightsaber. And then, yeah, there's trouble light and stuff over there. But anyway, long and short of it is, a uh, very, very nice guy, but he's very funny because he's very German. 
Mm-hmm. So he's very German. So he was crawling under the bike and asking questions about like, German is this hole underneath? No. Is this hole eighteen millimeters or uh, nineteen millimeters? Oh yeah, yeah. And also, I yeah. heard a fifteen-minute discussion on bunghole. Bunghole, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I have many, many rubber bungholes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we digress. The I did no. Uh, uh, no. Imagine that. Uh, yeah. On this podcast? Aside from the range war that was started over our multi, uh, our group texting today. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wow, man. Squirrel. God damn, man. The DE, the DE dog going, yeah. going Dustin, Dustin blew up on our ass. Yeah, yeah, he was having a good time. And then somebody uh, said to, to, to log into some other fucking Well, there's service. a thing. We'll talk about that later. But that's Sorry, just basically said, just fuck logistics that here. shit. Sorry. I'm not logging in any goddamn thing. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Chris Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, Everybody else can do it. So I'll take a phone call. Yeah. I did want to say... Because I have been riding this week, and even though it's really fucking cold, oh, it's cold. I rode. I did. You did? Yeah. The the, the uh, concourse, and I rode yeah. the uh, the Gucci. It's fucking cold. Yesterday, man. I rode the Gucci yesterday. It's forty one degrees. Yeah, forty one degrees. Yeah, I was out there, baby. Yeah, cool, I put cool. the bike. Rip I put the bike terror, away baby. last. I put the bike away last <laughs> That's night. Cool. That's a good bike. That thirty eight degrees, and I was yeah. like, yeah. oh, it's, you know it what? Hurts. Though temperatures is one thing, but yeah. if they drop that fucking salt, man, well, that's yeah. all. I'm yeah. just like, the please salt don't kills drop the salt. Yeah. Well, we don't have that going on right now. No, no, yet, but they yet. might. If it snows more this weekend, yeah. they're gonna drop oh, it. And settle the fuck down. I got, I, got my, uh, I got my. I got my. Are you just a big pissed dog here or what? No, no. I got my bike master heated grips. I'm going to put on the recently acquired KLR 650. Yeah. So yeah, I got the. the are those free for the uh, the audience here? No, no. These are not a, a parting gift. I, had a, I bought a set this week too. I, 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 what, I, well, well, generous show, motherfucker. Yeah. What's funny is, you. it is it is funny because you know it's so shit under the seats. I do. I put the Kosas, so I got the Koso heated grips. On a lot of my bikes because you know seventy two bucks you can't beat it. They're nice. They're really good. I haven't tried these bike masters, but they were uh, they had a clearance on it for like thirty nine bucks or something. Do they have the little push button. They have the one push button with the five different heat settings. Very good. Yeah. So that one with the Olympia. They're like seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. So I or you know the Kosos and I think the Olympias they might even be the same the same product same kind of, in a yeah, different yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the bike mat. I just thought the K. I'm not going to put any money into the KLR. So I just so that is yours now, huh? Yeah, yeah. I bought it. Yeah, they, he didn't want to pay his bill. You got a good so, price on it. Yeah. He didn't want to pay. His he didn't. Bill. He didn't want to pay his bill. Who's not this? just the, the bill. We talked about the podcast like a couple weeks ago, but he didn't want to. It wasn't the his bill. His bill would have been fine. His bill was great. It was the storage that pissed him off. Yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> the point is, yeah, you abandon your shit at my shop. I'm going to charge you storage. I don't think it's unfair. And that just gave me a good negotiating point to buy the bike. You know, I love so, how people so, don't understand. So how do you get these? I placed the order. Oh, I, I thought that was somehow. <laughs> no, tied no, I just Isn't it interesting how people don't understand that businesses square foot? You pay by square foot. Yeah. For yeah. your even if you own it, you're still paying tax, whatever. Is, by square foot. Right. And so, if your bike is sucking up twelve square yeah. feet of a thing for a year, you that's well, a, and right. <clears throat> if a store decides to sell you a lottery ticket, right, they are not implying that you will win. But they have a right to take your dollar. Right. Okay? If you choose to leave your motorcycle at my shop, you do so 
knowing that you will be charged storage if you don't fucking pick it up when I call you. Right. If you don't like that contract, pick your fucking bike up. Right, right. right? Otherwise, bet your ass I'm going to hold it hostage from right. you. You know, but and in this situation, it was just easier for us to go back and forth a little bit <coughs> and realize the reason he didn't pick it up is because he doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't love it. It's eleven hundred miles on a eleven-year-old bike, and you got a great price on it. Yeah, well, I ended up buying the bike for what I would, you know, pot pay wholesale. Yeah, you know, I got a, I paid a wholesale price for it. It's that thing. It's the end of the KLR six fifty. I want to just, you know. Let's have the last generation of KLR650. No, but but like I'm, I, Let's ride it around. I pay attention to them, and yeah. for the mileage that you have on it and stuff, any listeners that are looking for that bike, you have, like, that's a good price on that bike. Like, you're not, it, I, you must have got it really good price, because it's a good price. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, the whole thing, and I've been riding the Versus around, <laughs> and I love the Versus, and I'm riding the klr and I can assure you, whoa, those two bikes are not the same bike at all. <laughs> they are not remotely the same bike oh, no. at all. I rode the KL, I rode yeah. the Versus uh, yeah. this week. Yeah. And it's uh, it demands that you keep it at 4,000 RPM at or least. so or above. At least. It gets very yeah. herky-jerky and yeah. very... Oh, yeah. It likes uh, to be uh, in a rev situation. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas the KLR goes, I'm a single. You fucking track I a heavy wheel. Idle me out of that bitch. Yep. Whereas the versus, you do want to feed at RPMs. It's smooth yeah. though. I mean, if oh, you do, if you do that, if you keep it at forty-five, five, whatever, it's just. I discovered I have some very bad very riding nice. habits, and one of my worst riding habits is that for me to go from here to home, and if I'm going to use the freeway, I tend to run at between ninety and ninety-five miles per hour because I like to stay on attack. I like to constantly be. Passing people. Nobody's going to run you over if exactly. you're passing them. Yeah, and texting doesn't matter when you're going 90 miles an hour. Like, if they're texting, you're, like, you're there. You're it's only a brief right. moment in your journey. Yeah, exactly. My exposure time is minimal. So I ride the KLR home the other day, and, of course, I get out, and it's my, my brain goes, on freeway, go 90. <laughs> KLR went, ha! <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you're not going to go 90 miles an hour, son. Not with these 21-inch hoops on it. No. Yeah, and it just, yes, yeah. the bike at 80 miles an hour, the bike started to go, hey, baby, you want to dance? I'm your little hula girl. You posted, <laughs> you posted the, the dildo on the speaker yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the KLR is And it was like, I got the KLR to maximum velocity because I was thinking I was on the Versus. So what do you do? You shift at the same, like, you're like, whoop, whoop, and you're, and oh, the shit. problem is the KLR is going, rev limiter, rev limiter, rev limiter, rev limiter, exactly. <laughs> and the KLR was so unhappy with me. The KLR was like, look at I do, 1,100 miles, I'm barely broken in, Yeah. right? Yeah, the oil in me is about... Ten years old, right? <laughs> Kaylar's like, I want to go to Baja and take it easy. Can right. you talk about fish tacos? Exactly. Like, <laughs> right, right. Can you just bounce me off of some rocks? <laughs> yeah. Can you just do what I want to do right. instead of this? Like, I'm not a sport bike. <laughs> Fuck you. And so, yeah, I realized I was like, oh boy, okay. Well, there's a significant difference between a Versus and a KLR, yeah. and that difference is best appreciated above 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, how fast do you get the KLR going? About 92. Okay, versus the... Versus I can run to 106, 107, no problem. Yeah. And it was hard to get up to 92. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, I was down on the tank. Yeah. Like, I had to be, I had to be an, I had to be a critical component of the operation. Like, I had to think about that velocity. You really had to tuck. Yeah, and also, 
I can tell you from experience that the versus speedometer is probably four or five percent optimistic, uh-huh. whereas the KLR speedometer is probably fourteen percent optimistic. Oh yeah, you know. So an indicated ninety-two on the mm. on the KLR yeah. is probably eighty something, eighty-two maybe something and, like that. And and the versus just ripped. Into the your... versus at one hundred and five miles an hour is usually about a hundred miles and, an hour. And, and did the versus move up faster? Oh, the versus more? is totally happy. Yeah. More the, you smoother. Know what's, what's weird about the versus mm. is this. Yeah, it's dead smooth, parallel twin. Yeah. But the thing with the versus is you have to be okay with that seven thousand RPM. Because you're in sixth gear, you've you've given it the gears. Gotcha. But the motor does like to sing, uh-huh. so even when you're at you know six thousand, seven thousand RPM, you're nowhere near redline yet. You got throttle left. You still got throttle left, but uh-huh. you have to be okay with the soundtrack. Uh-huh. The soundtrack of uh-huh. is 110 miles an hour. <laughs> but but, but yeah. no, you're nowhere near. But but, but the bike is yeah. not the bike's not bucking back at no, you. No, no. Okay. You said speed you, it reps. You hit 92 on the KLR. Do you know if you if Indicate. you if you documented that and sent it to Scotts, right? They would send you a, a certificate saying that you are a human steering dampener. Yes, like you, you are officially certified <laughs> steering dampener. So. Uh, less is more. Do not and, tighten up. And, and yeah. a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. Well, and I, that's why I know that the ninety-two miles per hour indicated is not remotely the real speed I was going. Yeah. I didn't have my GPS fired up. I'm certain it would have been eighty something. Uh, KLR has. Well, what are we doing tonight? Not, it, it will do that. On my old KLR that I had done everything uh, to. I feel like. Mine, I mean, I've seen yeah. 95 yeah. All, up closer to 100 a couple yeah. times. Like, ooh, yeah, oh, yeah, on a whiskey throttle. On my old KLR <laughs> that I had done, yeah, I've done a lot of miles on my one of my previous generation KLRs, and I had done all the mods to it. I had the pipe, I had I was the certainly jets, passing people at what seemed yeah. to be an excessive speed. And the only like, thing that was the speed limiting factor was the oscillation the well, sort of you know it just hit me yeah. if that thing has 1100 miles on it it probably has the factory tires oh no and it does those no, tires not are probably. not known to be right. awesome right you know, oh, yeah. they definitely do not help with the on my alaska bike i could go indicated 95 miles per hour i've seen 100 miles per hour mm. but remember i had a good windshield on it i had all the things to mm. do to make the bike happier doing that right this bike is box stock and not broken in yet right. so yeah not not the best so but that's the difference between the versus and the KLR. If anybody wanted to, you know, know where the real world is, there. Well, I let's took, do it tonight. Can, I, we, can we, you know, run them out there tonight? Sure, oh, dude. Geez, We're all going to do it on your license. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got Goodness, it. Goodness gracious. Don't need your credit card. KT123456789. The I did take the V-Strom out and rode the V-Strom, and it is definitely the happy medium. The V-Strom is. The v, the v Strom is very We Strom. Mm-hmm. The We Strom is just it's 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 everything that I thought that it would be. It's the it's a good bike. It's a damn good bike. Yeah. It's a that damn a good bike. One thousand. That's no, no, that's a six fifty. Six fifty. That's six fifty. And it is everything that I love about my SV six fifty. Yep. With a more upright adult riding position. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really nice. And they're known to go 150,000 yeah. miles. I don't think you could kill it. Yep. Yeah, I don't think you could kill it. It's really, really good. It is not as revvy as the Versys. Right. So it is It is more of a torquey, torquey bike. It is not a revvy, revvy bike. And yeah. it's, it's 
um, visually not appealing for most people. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's, to you. It is. The Versus. Uh, I mean, the Versus is kind of a handsome. Especially yeah. the new Versus is a damn good looking right. one. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the. V-Strom has got a little bit of cosmetic you challenge You've got to be function it. over form. <laughs> it and is. And there's a really lot is. of guys, and don't yeah. get me wrong, I'm not dogging the bike. No, there's it's like a, a really good bike. There's a group of yeah. people out there that are like, love the bike. Mm-hmm. But you're accepting the fact yeah. that it does a lot of things well, and yeah. it lasts a long time, and it it's it's like a fat girl. You know, it, like it, you know it's, just yeah. not, it's just a good solid bike. Yeah. Go ahead, whoa, 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 whoa. Chris has got a mouthful <laughs> of donuts. Please explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's finish that up. Chris mouthful of girl, dot, dot, dot. Finish, please. I mean, like, you know, they're, they're fun, they're adventurous, they like to do everything, but you don't necessarily tell a lot of your friends that, yeah, you know, you rode one. So. <laughs> it's moped rule. Yeah. It's old moped rule. Yeah. Wow. They're loads of fun, you just don't want your friends to wow. see you on one. Yeah. Uh, that's... You're a bit of a skank on that one. <laughs> Where do you go, Ashton? You know, you know, kind of uh. fuck you. you know? <laughs> that, that's what she's thinking. Well, he was a little limp-ass, you know, going along with that shit. Okay, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. I I do want to get. We're going to circle back to at least something resembling a topic on this one at one hour and twenty minutes for our podcast <laughs> listeners. I do want to talk about winter storage because we oh. we do need to address that as a lot of this country is done riding for the season. Hey, I just bought this from your store. Three of them today. Yes, you did. Startron. Uh, that shit does work. Yep. So, uh, as the guys that do work on the bikes, did you get the spoon that goes with that? Yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> the Startron. Uh, it is not the same thing. So it is not Marvel Mystery Oil. It is not Seafoam. It's not any of those things. What this is is this the whole idea behind Startron, and they have a really nice pamphlet that comes with it. But if you will, uh, the the real basic idea about this is that this is intended to help stop. The negative effects of ethanol when your fuel is being stored for more than a couple, three months. So let me okay. ask you this. Yeah. So my, my plan, yep. all right, was to drain my bikes mm-hmm. in Chardon, which if you're not in Ohio, you don't know this, but yeah. in Chardon, there's yep. a gas station that sells non-ethanol, yep. 100% gas. Mm-hmm. So my thought was to get that gas, yep. put Startron in yep. it, fill it up, and yep. I'm good for next spring. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the best Chardon thing. oil. Chardon, yeah, Chardon oil. oil. That's the spot. And you know it, right? Yep. And I'll and tell I you, the, I think the best thing you're doing is filling it right up to the top. Right up to the top. Yeah, yep. that's the most absolutely. No headspace, no air yep. in there. Right. Yep. Do it, and and, uh, and, and you know, this. I know we talk about it every year, but this is for people who listen to the podcast. When or if you lay your motorcycle up, just try to keep in mind the corrosion is going to happen if you don't stop it. There is and I did pay. going to be yeah, there. There's <laughs> going to be condensation, and condensation is going to fucking happen anytime the temperature changes twenty degrees, right? Uh, you know, if you have headspace, you got moisture. You got moisture. Well, no, well the point is, yes. if there's no headspace in the tank. Oh no, no, there will still be condensation as long as you have air traveling in and out of the of the said tank. Eliminating the headspace is is paramount. Having that tank full or bone dry, one or the other, take your pick. Yeah. If the tank is going to be bone dry, you better fog the shit out of it because you're going to have moisture on the inside just from you the air around. It. Tanks that I have in storage, yeah. I pour a little two-stroke mix in it, shake it shake around, and then let the cap off, and then yep. the gas evaporates. And mm-hmm. I was, I was going to ask that. If you have a old vintage premix, mm-hmm. yep. 
Doesn't matter if it has oil in it? No, there? it doesn't. Okay. Uh, so the Startron treats the gasoline it actually more more accurately. It it helps just to lock, it helps to block that ethanol out from okay. doing its job, which is oxidizing and mm-hmm. essentially grabbing uh, mm-hmm. grabbing water. <clears throat> so it helps that stop that from happening. If you do have a two stroke and you're mixing your two percent or four percent gas and oil, that's a great thing. But I would also say it wouldn't hurt to fill your tank all the way. Oh, yeah. If you're using pump gas, which you know has ethanol in it, definitely invest in a little okay. bit of Startron. The stuff's cheap. And Works the best really part well. is overdosing is not harmful. No, overdosing isn't <laughs> harmful. Show us. But <laughs> overdosing, right there. Show us. overdosing <laughs> doesn't help. So whereas with Marvel Mystery Oil or with Seafoam, uh, <laughs> they all say if a little good's a, a little's good, a lot's better. With Startron, the guys that do Startron said there is no reason other than throwing money away to use more of that than they recommend. Because it says what's... You only need enough. Because kept for six does, gallons. Does that yeah. work this, the way yeah, I'm thinking That does, shot glass full it puts uses a film, three... It puts a film on top of the gas. Uh, not only does it put a film on top of the gas, but it's... And it it's keeps, like potpourri. Well, it puts, <laughs> it puts a film on top of the gas <laughs> and doesn't let the oxygen oh, react with the fuel. It really is... Do not buy the... 16 ounce bottle of that and pour the whole thing in your tank. Right. Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't it's not going to fuck your bike up, but it's not going to help you anymore anyway. Right. Uh, the the biggest thing really is maintain your battery. Hmm. Any part of your bike, if you have aluminum on your bike, put something on it. Yep. I know we've gone to great lengths to talk about corrosion blocker, wax oil, ACF50. ACF Fluid film, uh, so many decent products. You could use fucking pledge, right? Uh, but the idea is, we do see the bikes in here. Johnny Chrome's indicating that he uses semen. I think <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yes. that would be Macos. Macos. Macos fresh. Fresh. So, fresh. Macos. Speaking, speaking Macos of fresh? the batteries, Macos fresh. <laughs> I know. You know. Obviously, battery tenders out there. Everybody uses battery tenders. Yeah. Whatever. I, I went to Harbor Freight the other day to buy. Do not a, buy a their battery tender. It does not work. Five dollars? No, it's nine. Nine dollars. <laughs> you don't have the oh, coupon. Oh, that was fine then. You don't have the coupon. <laughs> you didn't right, even right. use the coupon. Uh, no, okay. But I'm just saying. I saw it. And I was it's like, really ah. good, and it will burn your garage down. Ah, perfect. Okay. So that device that they sell at Harbor Freight, it's just another long list, and the do not buy it. Okay, it's a bag yeah. of shit. It yeah. is a bag of shit. Well, I mean, that's what you, you know Look, when you go in there. You can get some things, yeah. you can't get some things. That thing, here. that thing is not. Yeah. not okay. It ain't getting the job done. It's a bag yeah. of shit. It's not getting the job. Done. I mean, the cheap battery tenders now are what twenty four bucks. For twenty four to thirty four dollars, you're going to get something decent. Steve, we use the. It's a bag of shit. I heard yeah. this. We yeah, use yeah, the no, Deltran. I got three more times. Battery tender juniors were good. The Optimate now, we've discovered the Optimate does a really good thing because even the basic model, the cheapest Optimate you can buy is under 40 bucks, yeah. And the cheapest Optimate you can buy does have a desulfite cycle. So that's a good thing is once you put the battery into long-term storage and it goes into that float mode, it also does a desulfite hit, which is something that you don't see on the battery tenders and battery tender juniors. So for the same money, you're picking up another feature and another thing. To let you know how these things work and how effective they are, we have a Honda Shadow 750 that we have a customer that stores his bike with us every year. He uses our winter storage package. We do a service form. We change his oil and the whole deal. Uh, 
I had to actually pick his bike up and bring it in because he had a dead battery. His battery is nine years old. Hmm. And that's because he is, we put the leads on the bike and he has an Optimate and he uses it. Hmm. So anytime he's not riding the bike, it's plugged into the Optimate. So if you can get nine years out of a battery, then that's worth the 40 fucking dollars for the Optimate. As opposed to a new $129 battery every season. Because that is the one thing that we will guarantee. You want to know my guarantee on a battery? If I sell you a $129 battery and you don't plug it into a battery tender over the winter, that fucker will be dead. In Ohio. That is my guarantee. Let's say in Ohio, yeah. because of the weather changes. Yeah. If you live in California and you're listening to this, no. you might not have that issue. But no. here, Still 1%, 2% loss yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. but still right? here, you hit those 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 oh, four-degree yeah. days yeah. and stuff. That battery's yeah. not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So that battery tender is critical. Battery tender, Optimate, whatever device you want to put on there, that is critical. Bringing it in the house is going to help you. That's not the worst thing. But it's really, get a battery tender on it. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing. And battery tenders do... Because you're keeping a current moving through the battery, um, it will help it preserve itself against those super cold temperatures. A charged battery holds its own against the weather better, Way better. than a, a dead battery. Correct. Way better. When you see your, like a battery that's been frozen, literally, it yeah. can freeze, oh, sure. and you'll see the sides bulging out, and the plate. Mm-hmm. That's, that'll happen to them. Oh, God, yeah. It's That battery tender is probably the most important thing if you want to have so, your bike start in the springtime. It's less that's likely a, to be. That's an interesting question. So if you have a tender hooked up to it, will that keep it from freezing? Yes. Just from the heat Absolutely. of like, the slate oh, yeah. charging? Yeah. Okay. And a charge bed, there's something about it, too. I read at one point right. I, uh, that no, being days. charged, it's yeah. it's less likely to freeze, to freeze than to be when it's a dead battery. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I see that. Yeah, and that's I mean that's the thing, too, If you're the, for the truckers and bus drivers and everything else that... Plugging those batteries in when you get up into Alaska and those places where you have the extreme cold, mm-hmm. that's going to preserve it. If you can't keep the vehicle running for nine months right. and you have to park it and it's negative 40 degrees, plug shit in. Right. You know, block heaters and battery uh, battery chargers are real important. Right. In, in Ohio, you don't know. It might be negative 40 degrees in January. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that the, a couple of years that we've done the motorcycle show here in Cleveland, it's right. usually the last weekend in January. Yeah. And we have had negative 12. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had that. And the 10W60 oil that's in a Moto Guzzi does not like negative 12. <laughs> I don't care how strong the battery is. If that it's motor jello. does, yeah, if that motor does spring to life, you're like, go, 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 go. Try to put that thing in gear, and now you're engaging the transmission. Yeah. Oh, shit. They do not like that. You got to let those bikes warm up for about 45 minutes. Uh, they do not like the super duper cold temperatures because their blood, they've got thick blood. My husky, yeah. anything below 40 degrees needs about 50 minutes to warm yeah. up before oh, yeah. it'll do anything. That's, people don't yeah. realize with motorcycles, they do take, especially air-cooled motorcycles, yeah. they take a long time to warm up. Yeah, they don't just warm up real quick. Uh, regarding your water-cooled motorcycles, this is a real good time to make sure that they're not water-cooled. Yeah, you have antifreeze in them, right? Because if they are water-cooled, then you are probably going to have some blown-out head gaskets and all kinds of problems. Yeah, uh, yeah this would be a good time to put new coolant in it. Uh, get that water-laden coolant out of there and get fresh coolant in that doesn't have any fucking water in it. Is there, is just, I mean, okay, so I know my bikes have actual coolant in them. Yeah. But is there some kind of a treatment like Startron for the coolant No, because system? the coolant, it's if it's mixed correctly, it should have an operational right window. It, right? yeah. What you have to be worried about is if your coolant's really, really old and it's lost its specific gravity. Mm. So when the coolant's gotten itself too old, if it's over five or six or seven years old, 
then it's not going to give you that range of operation. But a year or two, and you you're will good. get well. Yeah, a year or two. What do we say? Two years is our official. Most manufacturers recommend yeah. two years. Two years. Okay. They recommend the third year you change the coolant. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that you're just... It breaks down. It breaks down. I mean, you're losing coolant. breaks down. Yeah, so, you're losing coolant and water's going where the coolant used to be. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So say I maintain a two-year cycle on most of my fluids except for oil, which you do every year or yeah. every whatever mile. Sure. Right? So I'm heading into winter. I don't need to change my oil. I've right. done my coolant a year and a half ago. Is it? And I know in the... Usually in the beginning of the season, I'm going to change all the fluids, right? Is no, it beneficial would, to do it before you yes, store it? Always. So really? yeah, if you're going to change the oil, if you change your oil once a year, it should be in November. Really? Yeah. Okay. And the reason for that is, do you want Oil's your on sale? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want your oil to sit with all the nasty, dirty, acidic shit in it for four months? Right. Or okay. do you want your oil to sit fresh and beautiful and clean? Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow then. Right. <laughs> All right. If you have to, if you have to do, honey, yeah. Are you fresh and clean? The October November oil change <laughs> because. <laughs> or are you yeah. dirty and nasty? Well, in the springtime, you don't want a rusty can. Yeah, that's that's my yeah. point. Okay. Yeah, right. So you don't want a rusty can. That's what I've said. You don't to my want wife. that first that first turn of the key to take. Five years off your can. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, good point. Because you have all the shit that's in your mm -hmm. oil. And rust is a hell of a rust is a hell of a cutting agent, man. Hell of an equalizer. Well, it, yeah. So if you're going to do an oil change, don't do your oil change in the springtime. Okay. Do you it no, do it in the autumn. And then okay. and, and so it can sit there four months. Yeah. No degradation happens from it sitting there. Well, yeah. I mean, there's going to be condensation, but once again, you have got you've replaced all that dirty, nasty, acidic bullshit oil. So okay, with clean oil. Let me ask you this: yeah. Is it worthwhile getting cheap oil that'll work and keep the yes. oil, throw it in there and then dump it? If in you the ask my grandfather, he would tell you that he would do an oil change in November, leave the bike all winter long, mm -hmm. and then in the springtime, oil's cheap. He would dump that oil out and do another oil change. Okay, okay. I love that guy. And I mean, yeah. and realistic, like you know, you're talking what for most bikes? Four, I don't do four quarts. I don't do that. You I don't fucking do don't do it. Okay. Like, but I, you have 82 bikes. Yeah. Yeah, but like, and my thing is, I'm not putting in the dollar a quart wolf's head. Okay. Right. So Grandpa would take the the oil out, and his winter oil would be like dollar a quart wolf's head 10W30. Right. If you're not running the bike, it doesn't. Exactly. As long as it's oil, right. it's, it's fucking just oil. oil. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And he'd run the bike for about 10 or 20 minutes, get it up to operating temperature, get that wolf's head everywhere through the bike, and then shut it off. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, and, and so what's the problem with that? I love Grandpa. Well, again, so did Wolfset. Like, like the oil manufacturers loved him too, but the, to me, that just seems excessive because the perfectly good oil that I'm putting in the bike and I'm running it, and then I'm going to run the bike in the springtime. I'm not going to run the bike for five minutes and shut it off. I'm going to run the bike for forty-five minutes or an hour and get that up to operating temperature and cook all that moisture out of there. It's another change that yeah. you don't need to do if you put I, the proper oil to begin with. Am I wrong? Probably. Hmm. Has it cut it, years of lifespan off my motorcycles? Probably not. Is Grandpa wrong? Yeah, he's dead. I have a good question. <laughs> I have a really good question. So this is a this is a wife's tale that came from. Well, he's uh, dead. Not a wife's tale, a dude's tale, if you will. Yeah. That said, so all the guys that are saying like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I don't need a battery tender because I'm going to go in my garage. I'm going to start my bike every three weeks right. and let it run for ten minutes right. and turn it off. 
So I've heard guys that are hunting classic cars, hunting classic motorcycle stuff, and they find these these bikes, cars, whatever, mm-hmm. that's been 15 years of their life. Right. And they have more damage done yes. to the cranks and stuff Absolutely. because it never got to operating temperature, right? right? right. So that's not, you don't want to do that, no. right? Absolutely. The worst thing that you can do is idle. So idling is not great. Idling is not cool. Right. And the, the, what you're really hoping to do is you're hoping to get the gas, you're hoping to get the oil up to operating temperature. But you can't do that. So basically, you can. My, my question, oh, yeah. though, my question, though, right. and I guess the thing yeah. is that, so a guy, like, whatever, yeah. us, whoever, yeah. November, in Ohio, shitty weather, whatever, right. we're putting our bikes away yeah. at the end of this month. Is it better to battery tend them, change the oil, and put uh, this into the gas tank and fucking leave them there for mm-hmm. four months until right. the weather breaks or, and take them out? Yeah. Or do the thing where you go and start it every three weeks and let it run for 25 minutes in the garage, whatever. What, what I tell my customers to do and they don't, but I say it <laughs> so that I can say I told you. Right. And it makes me feel good. Right. right? <laughs> and they like to be part of the operation. Right. Is I tell them once a month when their electric bill comes in to get a big-ass cup of coffee, go out in the garage and open the garage door, start your motorcycle, and call your mom. Right. Because everyone should call your mom. That's an hour. Okay? Yeah. Call your mom. And have the bike running with the garage door open while you call your mom. You're drinking the coffee and you're revving the bike. Not to fucking rev limiter. Right. About half. Mm-hmm. The idea is on a carbureted bike you want to be using all the jets. You want to use the whole mm-hmm. carburetor. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you rev the bike vroom, vroom, and you rum, rum, rum. Now, if your motorcycle is an air-cooled motorcycle, believe it or not, even though your garage may only be 20 degrees... Your motorcycle's sitting there, and it's not having any cold air blown over it. So get a fan. It could technically overheat, ironically, in the winter in your garage, revving it. So let's not do this for two hours. Right. Okay? That's why I say a cup of coffee. Call mom. If you do that, the idea is within 10 or 15 minutes, you'll definitely be up to operating temperature. My mom's dead. Okay? It'll be a longer call. Uh, yeah. Just saying. A longer call. Call somebody else's mom. I'll give you my, my mom's number. No, wait, he yeah. can call his she daughters or sons. Well, daughter, yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So, that's call your mom or whoever changes your diaper these days. Okay. <laughs> but the idea being... Dr. Waters. The idea being that you want to give it... Different RPMs. You don't want it to just sit yeah. there and idle. Right. Because also when you're sitting there idling, you're using more electricity than you're making. Right. And okay. that's a problem, too. You're putting a lot of stress on your voltage regulator. You're putting a lot of stress on the electrical systems of your bike. Plus, you're not getting the oil pressure up high enough to lubricate all the parts of the motor. Right. That that's you the thing. You want... Idling's really not great for motorcycles. That's that's what I heard, is that like the cranks and stuff actually would have pitting and stuff on them mm-hmm. because... the. If you have cold oil, it never got viscosity <laughs> enough to get into the motor, and it caused pitting. So, like people that said, "Oh, it's been sitting Your for twenty years." Walls get most of their oiling through slinging, slinging. action, right? right. right. You have Just, to, and at idle, I don't know if it's actually slinging it, it as well as it, you know. Right. right. Well, that's what they said. So, the people that say, "Like, oh, this thing's been idled once every two months for twenty years," right. uh, didn't, that's why the whole motor's fucked because it never. Got do you want to give? It, do you want to take a stab at telling what the Gucci twelve hundred <laughs> problem was? The cams, the rusty cams, the was that caused by the bikes never got ridden long enough? 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's the it's fucking it's the it's a crime that Motoguzzi has been given a black eye because their eight valve twelve hundred cc motors had this known cam problem that these uh, tappets, flat tappets these uh... flat tappets were losing their diamond like coating this this mm-hmm. coating on them that's designed to last forever mm. was being ground off because although diamond like diamond like coating is great when you maintain that layer of oil in there it's very super hard and it works really good at lasting a super duper long time against that cam to open and close those valves what happens is a lot of guys that own motorcycles only ride them for like 12 or 18 minutes at a time. <laughs> so if they own a motorcycle and they only ride the motorcycle like back and forth to work, they start the bike, they ride it to work, they shut it off, it sits. They ride the bike home from work, they shut it off, it sits. They ride to the coffee shop, etc. The oil never gets hot enough. Motoguzzi spent tons and tons of engineering keeping their big-ass V-twins cool. To the point where their oil never got hot enough to boil the moisture, the water, out of the oil. Mm. And if you would sit and run these bikes for this short period of time, they would never get hot enough to boil the water out of the oil. Your oil is supposed to be over 200 degrees. Mm-hmm. Okay. And these guys are the, oh, oil temperature gauge, and the oil's not to stay nice and cool, about 160 degrees. No, no, not actually true at all. You need to get the moisture out of there. Well, what would happen is, what were they calling it? Chocolate milk or chocolate milkshake or, yeah, yeah, milk. Milkshake. Milkshake. So you'd pull the valve cover off, and you'd see what looked like a milkshake up there. And that was all water. Cream. Cream, yeah. yeah. Creamy coffee. And all that water was accumulating in the uh, biosphere, like a, a greenhouse, in these valve covers, mm. and would sit all winter long. And that water up there would cause severe corrosion on the cam surfaces. The water will eventually emulsify into the oil, and that's what that's what you end up with, mm. emulsified yeah. stuff. I had a mm. two-stroke that it was blowing... The seal between the bottom of the crankcase and the transmission mm-hmm. was bad. So oh, wow. It, it would b- blow fuel vapor in yeah. and out of the transmission. Out of the transmission. And smoke like a motherfucker. Right. And it would, when you pull the dipstick, mm-hmm. the inside of the transmission would be like gray pudding. Really? Mm-hmm. It was wow. like this weird... Fu- and I'm so like, that's what happened there. Was, that's what it was. Putting gas... It was mixing gas mm-hmm. in with the oil and yeah. then just turning... Whipping it. Yeah. And it was like... I pulled mm-hmm. the dipstick out, and it was like, what the Good. fuck? So, and the only way that that's going to happen is because you've got this ingress of moisture yeah. going in there. And, of course, anywhere that is, it's going to cause corrosion. Right, right. And so what was happening with these Motoguzzis is these cams that now have an abrasive, this iron oxide, this rust on these cams, when you start them up, that cam rotates sandpaper. over, grinds the shit out of that diamond-like coating. What do they mm-hmm. use for sandpaper? Mm-hmm. Iron, iron oxide. oxide. Imagine that. Nothing works better than iron oxide. So this was these guys that had these gootsies. It became a battle in the industry. So some guys have two hundred thousand miles or a hundred thousand miles on their gootsie, twelve hundred cc Gritzos and Bravas Stelvio. and Stelvios, yeah. 
And they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I got 200,000 miles on my bike. I got 100,000 miles on my right. bike. It's fine. Because they rode them. I've mm-hmm. had my engine oil analyzed. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's running great. It's cool. You get another guy who's got 12,000 miles on his bike, and he's got lobes on his cam that are blue <laughs> because that, they've been heated and cut. So is that bad. what led them to do the roller yes. mod or something? So their too? solution was to take away the flat tappets and replace them with an actual roller rocker system gotcha. where your uh, cam is now running against a roller. You just solved the mystery. I, yeah. I wondered why they had to do that. Yeah. That was and like a they whole did what was called rollerization. Yeah. And it's big money, dude. Oh, when you see a Stelvio for sale or any of the bikes, like, has cut- the roller been done? Has yeah. the roller been done? Everybody's mm-hmm. like, rollers. Mm-hmm. Now I know why. That's well, great. All right. it's better in some cases if the bike hasn't been rollerized. It's better it has a lot of miles than very few miles. Right. Uh, the way with those kits, anybody who wants to know about how Moto Guzzi treated their customers, is they gave you the kit for free. Mm. And this kit is a very expensive kit. You're changing the entire head, the entire valve train of your, mo- valve train of your motor's changing. You're changing the timing. You've got to change the ECU, the, the programming, right? you got to download a whole new map because you're changing the valve timing of the motor mm-hmm. right. uh, to do the job right. This is not home handyman shit. Right. Gucci gave you the parts for free. So but, if you could show your VIN was a certain VIN, there were four different kits. And you'd take it to the mechanic. The mechanic would analyze your bike, take the valve covers off, and determine which kit you needed, would order in the kit for you. The parts, 1200 bucks were the parts. But you had to pay for the labor. Mm-hmm. And the labor is tough. We've done a bunch of them here. And mm-hmm. it is not a walk in the park. It is a hard job to hours. do. Yeah, oh, seven and a half, eight hours. Yeah, eight hours. It's a cold yeah, day. It's fair. <laughs> But it's, you know, that's 800 bucks. Yeah, right. You know, pony up, buddy. But the long and short is, well, now you got to roll a rocker top end. And $800 for a performance upgrade like that, that's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But all the new ones come that way. So right. they all, they've been roller rockered since 13 and a half yeah, or that's, 14. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the, <clears throat> I don't think the rollerization thing was like an intentional, oh, is it, we're going to upgrade. It's just, mm-hmm. we're going to fix it. With the stuff we're using on the new production, exactly. Right, right, right. I mean, right. it's, ne- it's oh, not yeah. that it's inherently necessarily. Yeah. But I guess technically it's better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's better because you'll never have that problem. Right. But again, that was a situation where the engineers said, with excessive use, this system will work. Mm-hmm. And DLC Diamond Light Coating. If you look it up, it's been a problem for a lot of companies. Toyota had a problem with Diamond Light Coating. Chevy had a problem with Diamond Light Coating. And the problem isn't. These things are being used too much. It's being, being they're used too little, Mm -hmm. and the maintenance schedule's wrong. And And it's so weird. A lot of people don't understand that a machine's a machine, but if you don't use it, things dry out, things rust. Nothing beats lubrication. I was just, you know, I was just talking to a guy on a forum board, technically about a Ford pickup truck, but old FE engine, and he's pissed because he had the engine rebuilt four years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Has less than three thousand miles on it, yeah. and now it has a lifter tick. Yeah, of course it does. And he's like, I don't, I don't understand it. It's, I, I'm pissed at my engine builder. I'm right. gonna this and I'm gonna that, and yep. you know, that was that was the. I wasn't the one to do the. I'm a moderator on that forum, so I was. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't mm-hmm. the one to mm-hmm. give him the bad news, but other guys. Well, what you know? What, wait a minute. Yeah. Look before you so go there. Yeah, right. before you go there. Before you. 
before you throw this guy's because he was throwing the guy's name out. Oh and sure. Oh don't right. don't ever do new business with this guy. Blah blah right. blah. Of course. And uh, they were like, well, let's. What, what did you do? You know, did yeah. you did you just go out and start it? You know, did you run it? Did you, you know, and come to find out, yeah, he would go out and start it once a month or so, and run it for five minutes. That's exactly it. It's the know, worst thing you can and do. And he yeah. did find at one point he did find some some what he thought was water in the oil. Said, oh, yeah. it must have a bad gasket or something. Right. Wrong. No, you it's just, not a bad gasket. It's mother <laughs> nature, man. You can't battle that shit. And Where do you keep really it? Is. You keep it in a garage. Yeah, it's in a garage. It's a heated garage. No, it's not. Well, you then see you're... all the water that's dripping <laughs> out the tailpipe of a car. Exactly. Yeah. This type of weather. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you know there's more vapor inside the motor. Put, exactly. Put a, you look at a... any old, like, you know, some of the old 40s engines and mm-hmm. stuff where they just have a breather pipe that comes down. Right. Yeah, a road and draft and, tube. And it's yep. blowing steam right out the put, you can see In, in our climate, days. put two motorcycles or whatever you want, anything, next to each other in our garages that are unheated. Yeah. Cover one and don't cover one. And yeah. just look at the difference. Well, mm-hmm. Steve's got, you know, Hofford, uh, when I went to his garage, super smart. Guess what, dude? He's got just a cheap-ass fan in his garage that just keeps the air moving. Yeah, I do that too. And a box fan. A box fan. You know, a $10 box fan mm-hmm. that just keeps the air moving around your garage is going to do great things. Because I went out to my shed and pulled, you know, my snowblower out, getting it ready. And it's got oxidation all the fuck over it. And my shed is basically like, you know, an, a 10-foot by 14-foot shed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no heat in there. There's nothing. But there sure is a, there sure is condensation. Yeah, it happens. And my snowblower, like every part that wasn't well-lubed is, is oxidized. Mm-hmm. You know, all the aluminum bits look mm-hmm. like shit. And it's not because I put it away salty. It's be, I washed it down and oiled it down before I put it away. Yeah. It's just those are the parts that were exposed. But here's a, here's a yeah. little tip. That I learned. So if you are in a situation where you have variable weather mm-hmm. and you have a garage that's not heated, <laughs> yeah, do not cover your bike. No, don't Ru- put plastic covers on your bikes. Rut or yeah. dust is way better than yeah. rust. Yeah, that's yeah, what dust, I've learned. Dust yeah. is fine. Yeah. Hey, just throw a goddamn old sheet on it, man. Yeah, something that yeah. can breathe. Yeah, take your old sheets, take your old bed clothes or whatever you got, throw them on your bikes. It'll keep the dust away from them. Watch the vermin. Put down your fucking ant traps or your rat traps and your... Uh, God, man! I have some tomcat baits. I gotta throw around. Yes, you do. The, you gotta watch the animals because they do more damage. I saw a little fucking mouse. Out dollar for dollar around here, little fuckers. No, they do a. If I'm gonna say, it's a couple three hundred thousand dollars worth of damage comes through this shop as a result of shit <clears throat> like but like rats, rodents. mice, rodents, chewed up wires here, there, and everything else. People forget that if you have a barn or you have a garage, any food source, anything, cardboard boxes, cigarettes, a mouse will live on a pack of cigarettes you got in a glove box of your car, you come out and find out that those cigarettes looks like a quarter of the pack has been chewed up. Yeah. Though they, it is remarkable what these animals live on. And we've seen ridiculous amounts of damage from um, mice. Little baby gray feed field mice. I've mentioned this yeah. before on podcasts and everything, mm-hmm. but I'll trottle it out again yeah. since we're talking. But you can also pre-warm up your motor. You can pre-warm yeah. up your bike. Oh, no, that's, you know, yeah. you know with either, a, you know. A if heat, you're going to ride it. Heater or yeah. a heat, uh, a great thing that I saw was wheel, the Wheels Through Time guys yeah. using actually a hot plate. Set it right underneath the bike. Yeah. Turned it on. The heat's got to go up. And, like, for them, they're using it like a bike that hasn't been ran in 40 years. Yep. They'll put the hot plate on it and pull the oil drain plug yeah. and let it heat up that, that oil that's gotten really thick over the time. Yeah. So it'll 
it'll melt the oil. It'll drain out drain way out. better. Yeah. And that does, that, that is a big damn deal. But if, Before your, bike, you're, but yeah. if your bike won't start, and, you know, if it's if it's really bitch-ass cold out and you yeah. don't have a heated garage, yeah. heating up your carburetor is what's going to actually get the bike started. Still <laughs> use that trick today, man. Still use so. that trick. The John Meckelfreck trick. I don't smoke anymore. I carry a lighter. Do you know why? When it's that cold out, that bike starts so good when I hold the Bic under the float bowls. For yeah. just like a minute, yeah. As long as they're not leaking. No, they're. And you know what? The fu- if it's leaking, if there's a little gas weeping on there, it goes woof. Mm-hmm. You blow it out real fast. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. It burns the gas off real quick. You don't blow up or nothing. Heating that yeah. fuel in the car yeah. and the float holes is yeah. what will make them. So it's if like you have you a hair dryer or better yet, a, uh, uh, anything you know, just warm matter. up, warm yeah. up the carburetors. Yeah. Focus <laughs> on that, and that'll get the bike started and running. That was. The trick that I used in the wintertime was to take a 100-watt light bulb. Not these days. Fluorescence and LEDs oh, killed yeah. that game. Yeah. But take a 100-watt light bulb and just literally put it on top of the engine crankcase between the carbs and the engine. There's a big area in there where there's nothing yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Just put the light bulb in there and plug it in and walk away. When, you, when you're done putting your gear on and everything, 20 minutes later, you go out, the bike starts... Fast because the carbs are heated and the oil's heated. I'm gonna yeah. try that with my husky. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna heat it with my uh, my paint stripper, whatever, not paint stripper, but the yeah, paint, right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because that yeah, that fucker gun. hates cold. Right, hates and, and a lot of them do. They're just yeah. they yeah. don't like big singles. Yeah. Big, big singles. Don't yeah. Like that. Yeah. Heat that float bowl up, and yeah. fucker will start real. Yeah, they they, they start real good. Yeah. They start real good when they're warmed up. There, it's it's hard to beat that. Uh, I've I'm, it was so cold last night. When I got home, how cold was it? It was cold, man. Like I was, it was so I was cold. truly unhappy. My nuts. Yeah, I mean, I was unhappy. I didn't have my riding pants on. I just I had was unhappy. Well, I didn't. I just had like my regular. Were you shivering? Oh man, it was, was it like thirty eight? Right? It was thirty eight degrees. Yeah, it was thirty eight <laughs> degrees. But I wasn't wearing my riding pants. I didn't have my windproof riding pants on. I just had like the you double the double knee jeans boxes. and the polypropylene liners. My feet were cold, my legs, my fucking knees were frozen. I jumped into bed and Merritt was like, you fucking leave now. <laughs> you are the dead. Like She's she, like, you're a corpse. She called Get out number of two in? Oh, I had two cats on the bed and everything. Like I was like, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to jump in there. It's going to be fantastic. You know, it's winter in Cleveland. I've got the flannel winter. sheets. No, it's fall. I've got, uh, at 38 degrees outside, it's pretty chilly. And in the next couple of days, we're going to have a, good, a goodly amount of cold and snow. Who's riding tomorrow? I won't be riding tomorrow. No. I'm riding tomorrow. I'm not riding tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I've got some you, shit on no, the agenda. Let's be honest. You're saying you're riding tomorrow. Monday, I'm going to be fluid filming. Let me see. Yeah. So yeah. Monday. Stevie, I'm calling. I'm coming to your house. Monday, the fluid filming. It's not on your door. Starts. I'll ride with you if you ride. But you push I, bag. As soon as they start putting down salt. If you go, I'll ride with you. As soon as they put down salt, it's too late. Yeah. For me. Right? Yeah. For me, as soon as the salt comes down, it's too late. I need to fluid film everything now. <laughs> we got we got so, a yeah. a sixty five percent chance of rain and snow at six a.m. Right, yeah. Stevie at twenty three degrees. Stevie, yeah. you're not right. Take tomorrow. that, Santa Stevie. Cruz. Yeah, you and I ride, yeah. man. Okay, uh, if you show <laughs> up, on, I'll man. ride. I'm in. All right, fuck All right. that <laughs> shit. No ice, I'm fine. Good. No ice, yeah, I'm man. fine. No, that is bullshit. <laughs> I do not like that. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, I saw a guy out on a, a guy came in today from. Uh, Oh crap! Where was he from? He's from uh, Michigan, and he Michigan. bought Mitch. 
He bought Michigan. a zero. He bought today it nice and rode it home. Nice today. There's Michigan. snow up there. He literally showed up at about four. Literally. He said he was going to be here at eleven. Hmm. So the trip took him a lot longer than he thought. It's his first motorcycle he's owned. He just got his permit. Oh, Came down from Michigan, bought a Zero S with a high speed charging tank, and rode home. Did you did like, uh, did I like you this charge guy. it for I was, was going to yeah. say, did he tell you fully yeah, charged? Like, right, fully charged. Charge, right. Maximum charge. Nice. He's well, planning on. He's planning on. You know, getting home. It's. I think he said it's like 122 miles. He's in Toledo right now. Could be. What kind of gear? Not enough. Oh. <laughs> Not enough. You know what was interesting? Did Not you, enough gear. I'm sure you know this and probably even talked about it before, but the Aerostitch guys yeah. tested all their new gear I got on the book. Zero. So yeah, yeah, Pete Hempfling got the book and gave it to me and talks about all the things that they did to make that shit work in Minneapolis. Yeah. So like negative 15, negative 20 degrees, yeah. they were trucking a zero around. And it was to test the Zero and to test Aerostitch. Right. They're so they were working on their gear and the motorcycle <sighs> nice. at the same time. Can Good. an electric motorcycle survive and function on a daily basis? Good for the gear, negative though, the, the Aerostitch, because there was no heat coming off the bike. Exactly. You know it's pure. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably why they use mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So my question, would you be willing to sponsor a Aerostitch pop-up event mm-hmm. in your shop? Talk to me more about it. Yeah, yeah well, you know they, the they they go around the country, yeah, and they bring all their shit into a location. Oh, really? And I, I it's, it's, it's called a pop up shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've never done one in the northern Ohio. I would love to do that. I think it'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. I think that'd be great. They're yeah. a pretty solid company. Man. They're an incredibly I mean, like, solid yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. I can't afford the game they play at the moment. But, yeah, but, yeah. but I feel the same if, way about Vanson. If, if you're the yeah. host, right. A place here right. where everybody comes in. Everybody knows the gift bag thing is. You, yeah, the host is just doing it to get all the free bags. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. The free soap, the free right. fucking oil, the free well, fucking. Well, I, I would do it because one, that is a product that I have a great many friends that have the product mm-hmm. and use the product and love it. I myself have not stepped into that court. I'm still a tour master girl, so. Uh, you know, that's where I am on the, on the, the price used, point. I'm the used, oh, you need the new version? I'll take your old one. I'll take your old 20% one? 20% That's right. Off, yeah, that's exactly it. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, for me to go riding in sub-freezing temperatures, I have to approach it the Again. same way approach snowboarding. So it's a multi-level thing. It's a lot of layers. It's and a whiskey. lot of that going on. Oh, no? Whiskey eventually, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, the uh, to me... Riding in super riding in sub freezing temperatures is um, I have to really be setting out to do it. I have also had a, a number of times where I've had ice on my tires, and you know. And, and here's the yeah. thing: here's and it's th- just not fucking great. You know, you saved my ass a, a while ago, a long while ago. You you told me to buy. That little six dollar packet of uh, defogging shit. Hell yes. Right? Yeah. So everybody mm-hmm. remembers to defog their helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those of you that are imperiled, 
with wearing glasses like me sometimes forget that you're fucking wearing glasses. You gotta defog your so you defog too. your helmet and all yeah. this shit, and you're all ready, and you got the dual, you got the pin lock, and you're fucking like yeah. yeah. And then you get out there, and you're like, I can't I fucking can't see, see. Shit. the hell. And your glasses are yeah. fogging. Glasses up. are yeah. just as so bad as anything else. That yeah. little fucking thing. Those that, little uh, those, those defog it packets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those things, yep. and I swear by them. I got them in every jacket I own. Yep. And, and the other forget, day, I forgot. I, I forgot. I was like. Oh, please let me know. That's yeah. oh. a crumpled up, fuck a yeah. crumpled up baby wipe in there. Yeah, yeah. And that fucking thing still works six it, years later. It does. The paint and everything's off the foil. <laughs> it looks like garbage. My wife, I'm sure, would love to throw it away. Right. But I, I, I break the seal on that stupid thing, pull it out, yep. fog inside my windshield, wipe it off. Gone. I am now unfoggable. It's insane. It's it, crazy how well it works. Yeah. For as cheap as it is, that shit is 100% reliable. It but is. I yeah my my misery factor the other day, it, I'm just like I said I'm I'm getting older and I'm a goddamn pussy when it comes to the cold weather riding I don't enjoy it 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 ain't fun no more yeah and I used to have like this is my winter scooter and this is my winter motorcycle right these are two things I'm willing to sacrifice mm. to the salt gods mm. and now I'm like this isn't even fun yeah <laughs> you know what has heat every other vehicle I own has a button <laughs> that makes it warmer. God fucking damn, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, heated grips are nice, but... And, and you yeah. have to... And if you really want to ride in the cold, it the process of gearing up for yeah. it, you you have to be going out for like an hour plus. Oh, yeah. Because you're getting you're ready going, for half yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. And then you find that one quarter inch of skin that isn't covered <laughs> and be amazed how <laughs> one quarter inch of skin can make the whole rest of your body cold. <laughs> and, and and tell them where you're, you're stroking. I would say right where you put the tracheotomy hole. Yeah. Right. But that's also, exactly it. Also, right where you right in your larynx. How much life larynx. can change? Yeah. How much of your life can change with heated grips? Oh, well heated grips is the difference between being an adult and not. Yeah, it's insane right. how yeah. how a heated grip like you can be you can be geared to the hilt. Yeah. And even with great gloves, whatever. Yeah. But the heated grips can give you an extra hour in cold. Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. All oh, day so long. Pete Hempling was selling his heated grips that just plug into the uh, the SE connector. Yeah. 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 You, you They're temporary grab, heated grips. Yeah. yeah. They have Velcro on them. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oxford makes those. A couple other companies Ooh. make them. How, yeah. are, those, are those legit? Oh, yeah. Oh, they work. Yeah. They're Velcro. The only different, the only problem with those is once they're on the bike, yeah. they make the grips really thick. So you go mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. a grip that is like, you're like the size of a dick to the size of a horse's dick, right? Like <laughs> I got big yeah. hands. Exactly. Well, this is this is, and you'll need them. And why does everybody yeah. at this table know what the size of a dick and a horse's dick? Well, it's just <laughs> so everybody was not as like. Oh, oh yeah, Steve. Steve. I, I, know. I know. I know. <laughs> Settle down, Steve. <laughs> but I've well, I've seen horse dick. You know, I'm about to say we all know what a dick looks like, and we have donkey. If you've ridden a horse, you've seen a horse dick. Even if you've ridden one, why would you have your hand around it? That's my question. I don't need to put my hand around it to know it's. Big, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll Smile take, when you say I'll that. take the thorn out of your foot. He pulls the thorn out of his foot, crawls up the back of the the elephant, the elephant, the packeter. He's packing it in. He's fucking the back of the. <laughs> the I elephant. guess it doesn't matter what he's gender like, the elephant is at this point. Meanwhile, he's there's a monkey up in a tree, and he sees this whole thing going on. So and he grabs a coconut, <laughs> throws, throws it. Down. it Hits the elephant in the head. The elephant goes, and the mouse says, says, take it all, bitch. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Thank you, Johnny Chrome. Why do elephants paint their toenails red? Tiny Mac, that is. 
Tell me. So they can hide in apple trees. <laughs> Have you ever, you ever seen an elephant in an apple tree? No, I have not, Phil. Works pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> hey! On that, remember to please ride fast and take chances. I can lose the button again. Lose the button.